what's up everybody welcome back to the soco show this is episode i don't i don't know what episode it is <laughs> <laughs> is well, it, good start I, <laughs> is I, it uh 124 it's 124 welcome yeah. to 124 it's funny because before we started i mentioned to you seth that we had taken a couple weeks off and it felt like longer and i was uh-huh. struggling to get all my setup back correctly and I, I, there was a box I forgot to check, and that's finding out what fucking episode it is. <laughs> um, they're, all the, episode, they're all the same now, anyway. They do all. They all no feel the cares. same sometimes. Um, Hundred and twenty-four is here. I'm of course the co-host Cody Michael. I'm joined as always by the so-host Seth. Ott. Hello, Sha. <laughs> the size of a tangerine. <laughs> I was thinking we could do. Uh, you know, if I if I improve my Michael Caine impression, which that was not me trying, uh, um, you know, I, I've been working on it. But we could do the cocaine cast. Oh, see, I would tune into that. Me on cocaine. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is. Yeah, that'd be sweet. <laughs> you'd uh, you'd somehow talk faster than you do now. Than I do already. Oh, that'd be yeah. impressive. I talk really fucking fast. So welcome back, folks. It's it's. <laughs> It's 124. We took a couple weeks off, uh, which we we never do, but... Well, I think just one, right? Well, one week off. I guess, yeah. One week off, but two weeks between, like, drops. So it, feel, it feels like a crazy long time for us. So we're glad to be back in the saddle. And uh, we hope you guys are ready for some reviews, because we're only going to do reviews. We're going to do reviews. We have quick hits and Mambo number 5 today, and that's it, because we saw a shitload of movies. We actually got to go together to the movies for the first time in a while uh, while we were in Los Angeles to see something. Mm-hmm. And um, also I, just had, I, a baller, had a baller time in L.A., which was, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I had, I had to go see it again because I was not feeling well during the, <laughs> during the first time. <laughs> um, but we'll talk about that later. But no, L.A. was great. It was, it was a great time. Weather could have been a little better, better for uh, this time of year, but um, can't complain too much. Uh, I think... There was a lot of great things that happened. Of course, we went to the the Schmodown movie trivia Schmodown, which is a good time. We're front row, so you can actually see that on YouTube. You can see us on YouTube for free, starting. Actually, it would be it'd be Tuesday, um, technically tomorrow when recording this. But the whole event's going to be on there. We're all over it, I think. So that'll that'll be fun. But um, I think my favorite uh, part of it, or at least the the part that I uh, felt the most exhilarated, was uh, the escape rooms that mm. we did. Um, Those are pretty sweet. So it's me, you, and at Jared Buckendall, who joined us on the trip as well. And uh, yeah, we we went two for two uh, in escape rooms. So I think you and I are undefeated in Los Angeles now. We're a perfect three for three. <laughs> we are. And these and were some the, high quality fucking rooms. This is this is this was great. Uh, the, the rooms we did. The best one though was was easily we did a Houdini escape uh, Houdini themed escape room, uh, which involves a lot of fun traps and and uh, potential. Uh, <laughs> panic attacks for you but you were good um because i i went in there and sacrificed myself uh so you didn't have the panic attacks uh one of which being uh i i wasn't i wouldn't say i was forced into more it was um i jumped into with excitement uh into a box that uh you you and jared are supposed to stab uh knives into but uh lo and behold i fell through the bottom of the floor and ended up in a glass case (laughs) <laughs> which uh i'm surprised i wasn't left in there uh by by you two but if it, it was one if we could have won without getting you out we would have done so <laughs> but no that that was that was awesome I, that was i mean we've we've done a lot of escape rooms together um i think there's probably only one more we've maybe two more we've done with more um like different pr- 
different like high quality production stuff. I think the first one we ever did in Kansas City, I think mm-hmm. had a little bit more production to it with a lot of different like tunnels and like it was very detailed. And this the ones we did were pretty detailed, but um and then the the saw one the saw one we did in Las Vegas was pretty detailed cuz that was based off a movie, but like this one was really cool because there were so many different traps and and mm-hmm. like things to get out of and and like I mentioned I fell through the floor, I shot a chandelier off the ceiling. Uh, it was awesome. I, I had a great time with that one. Yeah, that was a blast. Um, I We had to get bound, which was not my favorite thing to do, but <laughs> we swiftly uh, were released from our, our restraints, which which was good for me. That's a, well, There's a lot of these escape rooms that like want to do claustrophobic shit, and I don't know why that's necessary, <laughs> but I'm really glad that they warn you ahead of time. Like, I, She was like, is anybody claustrophobic? And I said, yeah, I am. <clears throat> and she said, okay, probably don't jump in the box. <laughs> and I was like, okay, no problem. <laughs> and I'm like, if there's a box, I'll jump in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's another reason why we're the perfect couple, because you're willing to jump into boxes and I'm not. <laughs> there's a perverted joke in there somewhere, but let's see. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> we have, between between movies and TV, we have, I think, a record. I think we have 10 things to review today. If you divide that by two, it's really not that many. Like that's probably a normal amount of reviews, <laughs> but but not going two weeks is uh, is probably a little bit of a detriment in that area. Yep, yep, you're right. Which uh, made it easy on us to plan the show out, which is awesome. Uh, and we hope you like movie and TV reviews because we've got a bunch of them for you. Um, so we got to dive right in. We don't want to waste any more time. Uh, but before we do anything further, let's do some chic tweets. I call you a punk. So I don't know if you saw this debate on Twitter, or was it last week, I think? Um, people were debating Home Alone 3 as a quality movie or not a quality movie. Um, a lot of people love, obviously a lot of people love the first one, and the second one I think is pretty well-renowned, but a lot of people don't like the third one. And so Iron Sheik, of course, had to give his uh, thoughts on, on the on the matter. All my intelligent Home Alone fans know that Home Alone 2, Home Alone 1 is the real and Home Alone 2 better than nothing, but 100% fuck the Home Alone 3. Hashtag Home Alone 3. Okay, well, here's here's something. Um, the Sheik is wrong because Home Alone 3 bangs. Have you, Seth, seen Home Alone 3? I don't think I have. Okay, I'm going to be on the side of good in this argument. That movie is fucking legit. It's funny. Uh, it's, it's like a updated, more high tech version of home alone one. Like it's pretty simple. Um, and it's got Scarlett, it's got Scarlett Johansson in it. Um, really? Yeah. She's really young. She plays like a, like an older sister or something. And, um, it's, I don't know. It's just a fucking fun movie. I used to watch the hell out of it when I was like nine or 10 years old. Uh, it was probably terrible. Well, it, I mean, it might be, but so is Home Alone One. Like, if you're not a kid, like objective. If you're not a kid ah. and you're not and you're not nostalgic for the original, that's not a great movie, right? Home Alone. Do people I, do people think that people, that's like a great movie? Yeah, people love Home Alone. Um, well, people Home- love fucking Billy Madison too. But that doesn't make it a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm one of them. I'm not even shitting on it. Well, okay, I've all I've all three Rotten Tomato scores um, packed away in the in the brain of mine. Um, I want to go well, into this by saying. Rotten Tomatoes isn't always right, <laughs> but <laughs> I think it, I think it may support some of your argument. So okay. Home Alone, Home Alone. We'll start with Home Alone three. What do you think the Rotten Tomato score is for Home Alone three? I bet Home Alone three is like forty five. No, <laughs> it, it is 
It is about half of that. It's 27. Um, Home Alone. So, okay. So between Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2, if you're, if you're looking at the Sheik's, uh, the Sheik's uh, evaluation of Home Alone, um, he said Home Alone 1 is the real and Home Alone 2 better than nothing. Between Home Alone 1 and 2, which one is the better Rotten Tomato score, do you think? I mean, I would have assumed Home Alone 1 was better, but based on what you're, how you're teeing it up, does Home Alone 2 have a higher score? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Oh, <laughs> you were just fucking um, with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, what, what, what would you put Home Alone 2's Rotten Tomato score at? Home Alone 2, I don't know, like 60? Uh, have that. <laughs> it's 30? It's 33. And it's higher than, wait, so what's Home Alone? Uh, you were closer with the 60. It's 65 for Home Alone 1. Okay. Yeah, that feels about right. That feels about right. But I mean, it's not, Home Alone. but it feels right. <laughs> people love the first Home Alone. I've, I've heard a lot of people like who are just general movie fans talk about Home Alone 1 being as one of their favorite Christmas movies. Really? That yeah. surprises me. I mean, I, I liked it. I always liked it as a kid, but I never suspected it as like a great movie, you know? You know Home Alone 1 doesn't have, or Home Alone 3 doesn't have Macaulay Culkin in it, right? Yeah, I know. It's got another okay. kid. Uh, I can't. I don't remember the kid's name. I don't remember seeing him much else. But he looks like a pompous douchebag. <laughs> oh, he is. Um, his name is Alex Linz. Yeah, and... he was in some stuff right around that time. You probably, maybe not you, but he was in like some Disney stuff and a couple other movies as like he was a in, kid. I... He was he he did a voice in Tarzan. Um, Tarzan. Um. <laughs> He really wasn't in a whole lot. <laughs> Titan AE, I guess. He played young I never Kale. saw Titan AE, but I wanted to. Max Keeble's big move. That's what <laughs> he, I remember seeing him He from. played Max Keeble. Yes. <laughs> Max Keeble. Oh, my God. Legend. Legend of the Earth. Alex Lin's Legend of the Earth. <sighs> There's a lot of green on his Rotten Tomatoes page. <laughs> and the- green is good. <laughs> The only thing, only thing he has certified is the the animated Tarzan as the voice of young Tarzan. He's the young Tarzan in that. He must have like ten words. It's probably just. <laughs> well, Iron Cheek, uh, he he thinks you're wrong. Well, Iron Cheek can tongue one. That's what I say. <laughs> I find myself disagreeing with the Sheik, um, more and more often. Well. Anyway, the Sheik is wrong about Home Alone. So you've seen the first two, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Do you do you have do you like one better than the other? I think the original. Yeah, I mean, I guess it has less Donald Trump than the second one. So for <laughs> either that can make it either better or worse depending on your political alignment. That's true. Do you think? Because uh, they're doing the remake of Home Alone on for Disney Plus, I think. Um. Do you think they're going to have, like, Obama in it to kind of, like, counteract it? <laughs> I really hope so. I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> well, uh, you're lost. <laughs> Except Obama would actually help the kid find some fucking parents instead of uh, whatever it is Trump does in that movie. Instead or of a cell phone. Yeah, like, or a cell phone. <laughs> this movie wouldn't make a lot of sense now. Yeah, you got a good point there. We're, we're in a rabbit hole on Home Alone, but I think that's a valid point to make. How are you supposed to remake this movie in our time if there's fucking cell phones? This kid's, there's no way the kid's going to be young enough to not have a cell phone and old enough to kill people. You can't be both Ima- Imagine a world without mm. cell phones. Now imagine Home Alone. 
Here's your movie. <laughs> oh, I'm intri- I'm intrigued to see how that comes out. <laughs> It'll be on streaming, so I mean, you don't have to watch it. I didn't watch Lady and the Tramp, so. Yeah, that's a fair point. But I don't care about dogs or love, so it wasn't really the move for, movie for me. <laughs> you're you're only bit in the business of loving dogs. <laughs> that's yeah, okay. If there's a if there's a movie that comes out about dog fucking, sign me up. But <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't that, from what I understand. That movie's going to be on Hulu, not not Disney Plus. That's true. All right. Well, the Sheik put us into a rabbit hole, but uh, let us know on the tweets and on Facebook at Soko Show Pod. Uh, what do you guys think? Home Alone series, how would you rank it? We could do a Mambo 3, but it'd be pretty boring. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's the Sheik. I call you a punk. All right, let's shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. <laughs> Mathis Designs, you can find Steph on etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Uh, oh, shit. Wrong one. Um, paid. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when that happens. Uh, Mike's Wood. Uh, you can find Mike and his wife, Courtney, on etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed if you want to get your woodworked. Mm. Those last two, especially all of them today, but... Uh, if you're listening to this on release day, Christmas is, is coming right around the corner. Um, I'm not sure where we are in terms of Hanukkah, but I'm sure that's going on somewhere in the near future or is currently going on. Um, and if you need gifts, hit up uh, hit up Steph or Mike. A uh, great place to get some gifts. And um, treat your loved ones with, you know, Mike's wood. All right. We're back in the saddle. We got um, we got a lot of shit to get to, so let's jump well, into it. We, al- we also have some... some uh... Anchor ads, is that right? Oh, Christ. See, this is where we can't take time off. Because <laughs> I forget all the shit I'm supposed to be. Uh, yes, let's go to previously recorded co-hosts and so-host uh, for an anchor ad. You're like, you're like Seth, you're like the kid in, in class who is like, aren't you going to ask us to turn in our homework? And all the other kids go, oh, boo. All right, well, if you don't want to make any money, that's fine with me. No, I mean, I totally want to make money, but all the listeners were like, oh, fuck, we got to listen to this commercial again. I thought we were going to get away with it. (laughs) (laughs) I also see that there's, uh, we can record some uh, charity uh, ads, apparently, about Bud's driving, diversity and inclusion, and shelter pets. What? Yeah, which apparently, um, the one about shelter pets is not about my childhood, so. um, (laughs) Wait, so can we get, do we get paid? No, it's, uh, I think you just, it's just for charity. <laughs> oh, well, we're not going to do that then. <laughs> <laughs> the only, uh, the only charity I care about is a woman that works at the Spearmint Rhino. <laughs> That's a place where you can buy mints. Yep. Mints. Tasty, tasty mints. Oh yeah. We got it rolling again. We're back in form. Oh God. Uh, the, let's jump. The, the... The rapport is is back. <laughs> it we're, it's banging, man. It's bang, 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 bang. It's uh, it's good. It's more banging than Kamel Nanjiani, who <laughs> is so damn <laughs> fucking hot. Did you see this in the news today? Yeah. <laughs> Holy well, shit! It looks photoshopped. Ta- it does, but I don't think it is because he's been talking about it for a, for a long time now. Um, he uh, because yeah, he's doing this Marvel role, but then he's been because he did Stuber, which uh, is uh gonna be uh the the nomination for best picture here in a few weeks but um 
they uh they when he did a stuber with batista he was talking about like he was trying to get buff and those two are actually like good friends and stuff so i mean pretty crazy <laughs> man yeah didn't think when i woke up this morning that i was gonna find out that kamel is a snack but <laughs> apparently he is now dude that guy Which, would like, fuck someone up i don't know about you but like it it i feel if i feel really good about myself when i'm in better shape than like people in hollywood mm-hmm. and so there's one less you know now Kamel can can have all the money and be really funny and be in movies and also be crazy hot and that seems unfair to me. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm sorry that you uh, feel uh, slighted by Kamel Nanjiani's abs. I feel ripped off, man. Those so are do his abs. <laughs> they are <laughs> they are ripped. <laughs> uh, I feel personally uh, insulted that Kamel got so hot. But. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Fuck you, Camille. You shouldn't have gotten in shape. <laughs> watch, watch. like, this will be the one episode that, like, you know, someone with the power to make us famous listens to. Yeah. And and they're going to pull out the quote of me saying, Fuck Camille. And then you know, that's going to be, it's going to be Cody versus Camille Nanjiani in no. a... In a contest, some sort of political. I'm gonna end up being. I'm gonna end up being the villain in this, even though Camille's got ripped, fucking asymmetrical eight pack abs, and I look <laughs> like a fucking Ethiopian. <laughs> you know, you know what he's gonna do though, because he went to school. Uh, he went to college in Grinnell, Iowa. Um, he's gonna like go himself personally. Gonna go through a bunch of like Iowa content, like podcasts, movies, you know, stuff, music. And he's going to listen to our podcast being like, you know what? These guys, I've listened to some episodes. They're pretty funny. Let's throw on the the, uh, the most recent episode. And, and you're going to be like, fucked Kumail Nanjiani. <laughs> there, 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 goes, there goes our shot at, uh, at stardom because you had to fucking get upset and insecure about his abs. Well, look, here's the thing, Seth. Uh, friends of mine and listeners of the show know that I am a small man. Um, not just physically, but in terms of my, you know, my... Uh, you know, as a person, I am a small and weak one, and I'm very jealous and spiteful, and so that has manifested itself in the new hashtag, fuck Kamel Nanjiani, and uh, I stand by it, but I'm not proud of it, Uh, and here we are in this world where I have to hate him now, so. Well, if you're listening, listening. Kamel, I I would love to fight you um, for lots of money on TV. I wouldn't want to. I'd I'd like to uh, support you. I'll be in your corner for that fight. Uh, if you need, if your abs need, uh, you know, moistened, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> moistened with saliva uh, during the fight. Uh, saliva makes a really good, uh, like almost like because you know a lot of fighters use Vaseline on their on their eyes and stuff, so that you know kind of slips off and reduces swelling and and all that stuff. Uh, same thing for abs, but saliva works that way. So, um, but I do have to watch out. They're like it's like he has like cheese grater ads abs uh, because they're just so fucking ripped. So. You wouldn't know. You, you don't have them, but uh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've licked a lot of abs. Here's I think here's what we need to do. Let's activate the masses. If you're listening to this show and you've never tweeted us out or commented or anything like that, make this be the time. Get on Twitter at us at Soko Show Pod and hashtag Fuck Kamel Nanjiani. <laughs> Because I want to fight him and Seth wants to lick him. And yeah. uh, you, the listener, can help us connect with, with Kamel. No. Um, uh, it, we'll now, do if that. you don't agree if you don't agree with Cody and agree with me here, uh, hashtag lick Kamel Nanjiani. 
Somehow I bet you're going to get more tags. <laughs> now, this is ha- this is what's going to happen. He's going to see what the fuck is Lick Nukamela Anjiani on Twitter. <laughs> and then he's going to come to our podcast and be like, what the fuck is this? And then he's going to come on. He'd come on and be like, you guys aren't going to lick me, right? That was a <laughs> And I'd be like, no, we're not going to lick you, but we are fighting. Me versus Kamal. Anybody out there who knows Photoshop, Photoshop a boxing fight poster between me and Kamal. <laughs> if, sure the... if you can do everything else, include his topless photo, and I'll send you one of say. me, too. <laughs> I'll be wearing a send... baggy sweater, actually. I'm not going to be send, topless. Send one of you topless post-LASIK eye surgery when you're wearing those fucking glasses. <laughs> You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to I'm going to photoshop my own head cuz we're of relatively similar complexions. So I'm just going to I'm just going to photoshop my own head onto apparently Kamel's body and we'll just mirror it so it looks like we're both that ripped. No, and then you photoshop Kamel's head onto your body. <laughs> oh, that would be fucking great. <sighs> All right. Well, enough about Kamel. Um I don't even know where we, we're in the middle of nothing right now. Um, so let's roll forward. We've already covered the biggest news item of the week, um, and that's Snackgate. But um, we got some other stuff to talk about. We don't have time to cover it all in depth, so we're going to leave it to just the headlines here in quick hits. Uh, in movie news, uh, Kumail Nanjiani is a snack. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not hungry. <laughs> No, that's not a quick hit news. What is a quick hit news? Well, we will start in movies. Uh, in the most obvious news I've ever heard, Shazam 2 is official and is set for April 1st, 2022. I am... Per- apparently that's four months after Black Adam, so get some uh, get a couple couple DC Shazam universe movies in here in 2022. That's, w- that's weird timing, but hopefully it means Black Adam appears in Shazam 2. I'm excited for this. I think that... Um, there's some interesting places for this to go, and I like the world that they built in the first one. So I- I'm here for that opening weekend, most likely. Agreed. And the best news I've ever heard, uh, the Power Rangers reboot movie is to be set in the 1990s. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, that's a game changer. It's going to be good. Apparently the director of, he did uh, some episodes on uh, End of the Fucking World and some other stuff. He's going to direct this one so they're getting someone with a claim in it so that's good that is i'm oh man that could be really interesting i'm i'm pumped for this yeah definitely beam me up sequels two new star star trek movies in the works good yes we need star trek all that star trek star trek mission impossible james bond and star wars should always be in production so this is the world is correct yes and finally, in movies, uh, Shitter's Full of Reboots, new vacation reboot in the works for HBO Max. See, this one I don't like. <laughs> you're, how are you going to recapture fucking Christmas well, Vacation? They, they tried that already. They did vaca- the original Vacation again with Ed Helms and, uh, uh, was it Will Poulter? Was he in that one? Or was that Where the Miller? You're thinking of Where the Miller. It's the kid you really like. That's on Booksmart. Um, ah, Skylar Gisando. Yeah, he was in it. Um, yeah. And I liked that movie, but... Just make a fucking, just title it anything different. They're just setting themselves up for disappointment. This one I don't like. Was that, was that Ed Helms though? Yes. Okay, cool. All right, that's good for movies, for TV. Um, four tits up. Mrs. Maisel <laughs> renewed for season four. Oh, yeah. No surprise Amazon. there. Good for them. Nope. Um, in Jesus, Why the Hell is This News, uh, Baby Yoda Avatar added to Disney+. Plus. 
<laughs> and seriously, what the fuck news? Baby Yoda is featured in Times People of the Year issue. Oh my god, people! <laughs> Can you imagine being a person like you're Greta Thunberg, who who is a really cool activist and wins Person of the Year, and then you're in the photo next to fucking Baby Yoda? <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love and okay. There's a lot wrong with this. Uh, now, first of all. Stop calling it Baby Yoda because it's categorically not that. Um, it should be called the child, but everyone has grabbed onto the Baby Yoda thing, which is one, annoying, and two, just come on, America. You can't be that predictable, right? Like, of course, Disney knew this shit was going to be all the rage or whatever, and that Baby Yoda would be everywhere. And they failed to make Christmas, like, Christmas shit for him to cash in. I, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get you it. Don't- I was I was scrolling through Amazon and saw some some Baby Yoda stuff and uh, not it doesn't all, all of the toys and plushes and statues and all that stuff don't come out till uh, May of 2020. <laughs> you don't you're, it doesn't come to you until May. Yeah, that's May the fourth be with uh, Baby Yoda and his toys. Maybe maybe Rise of Skywalker will like show that Baby Yoda is the shit now and has Kamel Nanjiani's body and that's gonna <laughs> be that's gonna be where the movies go next. Who knows? Fucking Baby Yoda. And finally, in TV news, in okay, that's fucking enough news. Baby Yoda's soup recipe is online. <laughs> if, if, what? if you're Shut wanting f- to, you're fucking with me, right? <laughs> I'm not kidding. If you're wanting to make it, be sure to add the special ingredient: gasoline. Wow. P- yeah, add poison. If 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 what, if what you want to do is cook Baby Yoda soup, add poison and have some of that. That's what I say. <laughs> and that is the quick hits. That was fucking frustrating. I I usually uh, come out of quick hits feeling really good, and you just upset me. <laughs> well, tr- try making the quick hit news, because literally every... I'm not kidding. Every On this, this website, I talked about it a couple weeks ago, uh, this website, every other news story is about Baby Yoda or the Mandalorian. That's... Yeah, that's... Uh, it's tough to be a newsman right now, but, you know, it's I guess true. you gotta... You, you gotta go where the uh, you gotta go where the action is. So I guess I can't blame you so much. Do we? Okay, we finished up quick hits. Let's get the hell away from this baby we, Yoda news for a minute. <laughs> we finished up baby Yoda news. <laughs> Should we have a baby baby Yoda news um, segment now? Okay, I, we I do want to. I do want to talk about this. So, have you heard the baby Yoda song? Is it a baby shark fucking parody? No, it's actually a parody of another song from 2010. That was anno- annoyingly upset, like uh, catchy. Um, can I find this on YouTube? Should I pull it up right now? Prop here. Let me see if I can find it. Because there's a couple Baby Yoda songs, but the one I'm thinking of uh, is not the. There's like one that's like someone wrote and one that someone like. And the guy. So to the credit, the guy who did the original song did a Baby Yoda version. So the guy who did the original song back in 2010 just added Baby Yoda lyrics here. I'm gonna send it to you real quick. Ooh, baby Yoda, baby Yoda, floating in the pod, baby Yoda, baby Yoda, baby Yoda, levitating a horn monster, baby Yoda. Alright, cut it. The world has gone in- Wow. Alright, I just sent you another one. This is the original. Okay. And I loved this one because I made a uh, they made an iPhone game from this stupid video, but I played it so much because of the song. <laughs> what? Ooh, baby monkey, baby monkey, 
Are you watching the video? Yeah. Riding on a pig, baby monkey. Baby monkey. Baby monkey. Backwards on a pig, baby monkey. The world has gone insane. Isn't that one great? <laughs> I had never seen that before. Oh my You've god. You've never seen it? No. Oh my oh, god. I've... Holy shit. That is magic. I have I'm gonna link to I'll link to both of those in the description box. Uh that is that that is peak internet that second. The baby Yoda thing, so, fine. But this baby keep, monkey is perfect. Keep, keep playing the baby monkey, the lyrics get better. Okay, here we go. Here we go. So they made an iPhone game from that video that I bought <laughs> when I had what? an iPhone. And you had to <laughs> ride like, the... Yeah. You you were on the back of the pig, <laughs> and you could jump with either the pig or the monkey or both, and it was great. And it played that song over and over and over again, and I just did that for hours. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm 0% surprised that you did that for hours. Um, mm-hmm. The top comment, by the way, on this YouTube video says, my favorite part was when the monkey rode the pig. which is the entire video um i will say this i and i i should i like baby yoda i think it's cute and i i i'm entertained by it i just hate all the fucking all the fuss but Mm -hmm. i'm happy that it guided me to that video because that was worth it that was so i because i heard i heard that on a podcast the song the baby yoda and they were like talking like that was the original song like oh did you hear the song someone made like no motherfuckers (laughs) <laughs> Baby monkey is the real. I was I went iron cheek on him. <laughs> oh man, you're I suplex you moron. <laughs> but yeah, because I was sitting there like I heard the Baby Yoda. And I'm like I I literally like stopped everything I was doing and I'm like, what is the original version of that song? <laughs> and I scrambled my brain for so long. I was like, Baby elephant. Nope, nope. Baby, <laughs> and I kept going through different animals. Wow. I wish I could have been there to experience <sighs> that with you. Baby monkey is my favorite, though. If you, America, are in a bad mood, just click the link in the Dude. description box, and that will be fixed, I promise, because that, that was delightful. <laughs> yeah. Baby monkey will... It's it's like it, it's like the uh, visual version of, like, uh, I don't know, like an antidepressant. It'll make you happy every time you watch it. I, I would vouch for that. It's, it's the visual Zoloft. Do you know how, like, you know how occasionally the internet does something that, like, this is what the internet's for? Like, the last Mm. one I really remember is um, when the I Knew You Were Trouble Taylor Swift video, (laughs) and then they would put the screaming goat in there. Yeah. That and then I think they did Brock Lesnar with it at some point. (laughs) All the all the memes of that video. That's the last time I was like, yes, this is why we have the internet. Well, this is even before that. Yeah, this was like 2010. 2010. Yeah. That's crazy. Baby monkey. Wow. Do yourself a favor, America. Go click that link. Um, 
for now, though, we're going to get into some... Honestly, we're not going to get more entertaining than the baby monkey thing. So if you All like right. that, just, just go watch that. <laughs> but um, we will do ourselves the... Um, we have to get a... We have a lot of words and shit that we need to get out. So for our own benefit, uh, we're going to keep talking. But you sh- you guys should just go listen to that and watch that video a bunch of times. But um, for now, what we're going to do on this show is get into some reviews in the TV corner. Television! Nobody puts baby in a All right, a big, big week here. Three TV corners, a, a TV triangle, as it were. I, and, I like it uh, more as a, a TV TP. There you go. TV TP. I like that. TV TP. Um, th- three shows. It's an interesting little variety of, uh, of shows you got here. So I'm, I'm excited to hear all of them. What are you going to start with? Um, I'll start. I'll just go in order of what I watch. So I'll start with Room 104, Season 3. Season 4 will be coming. They, I think they renewed seat 3 and 4 at the same time. So, But Season season 3, Room 104, is the, the anthology show where it all takes place within Room 104. They do a lot of different types of episodes. Uh, room 104 is a motel room, but they do all, all, kinds, of, all kinds of different episodes. Um, horror, comedy, drama. And <clears throat> this season, they even went into documentary, like an actual documentary, which was really cool. Um, overall though, I'd say the season, I mean, I, I've gone in the past kind of like episode by episode, but this season didn't really capture a lot of my attention with some of these episodes. Uh, I think they are almost running out of ideas and kind of over overlapping or just, uh, saw a lot of the same type of episodes here. There were a couple that I, that I did really like, for example, I mentioned the documentary episode really good. Uh, one of my favorites ep- episodes of the entire show run which is what they what they did is they brought in this father and son, who are artists. Um, they do a lot of like weird abstract, um, like st- almost street art in a way, and they had them come in and just they took the room as the set and brought in some a few materials and then they just kind of tore up the room, painted a bunch of stuff, um, put stuff on the walls, and within that they kind of talked about their lives together as artists and then just as a father and son. Uh, the son has like um, he's got some mental issues in terms of like bipolar and and depression and and schizophrenia and all kinds of stuff and art helps him work through it and the father doesn't have that stuff in his life but he um, has had to watch his son go through it and again through art they've kind of connected and stuff like that really really interesting episode deep episode um, it's one that just by itself I think to me is is one that I think people should just watch because it's really kind of a moving episode so it was cool Uh, another good one was um they actually kind of spent some money on some cgi uh they had colby smolders as kind of like a scientist and she discovers this um alien uh bacteria type thing and it lets loose in room 104 and you, you you see all these like different creatures and plant life and all kinds of stuff in her room which was really cool and then there was one other one with paul 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 F. Tompkins, I think his name. Oh, yeah. That name's, um, he plays the devil, essentially. Or, or not the devil. He plays uh, a, a associate of the devil. And he kind of is like a, a broker for people selling their soul to to the devil. Mm. And uh, and so he, uh, beginning episode, meets a girl who doesn't really believe in God or anything like that and sells her soul away for money and fame and all kinds of stuff, uh, riches and they come back later and he's still this he looks the same because he's you know an immortal <laughs> devil person type thing and she's older and he's she's he's coming in to collect on her on his debt on his on the debt so 
those are some ones that were highlights for me. Uh, again, though, a lot of just kind of like duds or a lot of um, things that didn't hit. It didn't really have a ton of stars in this season. Um, really, Colby Smolders and and Paul Tompkins were kind of the bigger ones. So it seems like season two, there's a lot of like big name actors and directors that kind of came in and did some stuff or bigger names at least. Uh, season one was very, very like hit or miss, like a lot of younger, a lot of new talent and stuff. Season two had a lot more, and season three just kind of didn't really have the same name behind it. But um, overall, just a few few good things here and there. But I, I'll give it a three point five, um, three point five. Uh, wet Cody's. <laughs> wet Cody's, yeah. <laughs> 3.5 wet Cody's out of five. So still a solid score. You're going to, yeah. I imagine, continue rolling on with season four of, of yeah. Rune 04. Because I know you've been following it since the beginning. That That's the that's thing with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I followed it from the beginning. But, like, you can go in to any episode and, you know, watch it. You know, you don't really have to. If there's a bad episode, you can just stop watching and it doesn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't. But so I'll just pay less attention or whatever to it. Look at my phone. But uh, the nice thing is you can come in at any time and... and they do try different things. Like when you get a weird different episode like the documentary one, like when I even when I pulled up that episode and saw this is a documentary episode, I'm like, okay, how how's that gonna work? Mm-hmm. And I was just interested to see how how it happened. And then when I realized that it was a real documentary, it wasn't like a fake I thought it was gonna be even like a fake documentary, like a mockumentary type thing. And when it turned out to be a real one, I was super into it. It was it was really cool. Um just that episode alone, like I said, go go check that out. But um yeah, I I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep checking these out because it, it is cool to see some uh, you know, different, you know, genre, uh, different genres come into it, different new and different writers and directors. Like, you know, I, even just the first season, I've seen some more people work out of that. Like the, there's a guy who was in episode season one who ended up being in Miracle Workers on uh, TBS and he's been in some movies and stuff. Um, so, I mean, it, it's cool just to see some young and up and comers in these, in these shows. I love the I love that you can bounce in and out, kind of like the Twilight Zone. Um, there mm-hmm. was an episode with uh, Paperboy mm-hmm. uh, that you recommended really highly last time um, mm-hmm. for the last season, and I, I went and just watched that episode, and mm-hmm. it was awesome. So that's yep. what's really cool about the show is you can pop in and out, like you said, and because they're, I, I think it's really interesting that they've restricted themselves to the room, and that's like. Yep. The, that's the medium because anytime you do something like that you end up with some really creative shit and it sounds like they're continuing to kind of deliver on that in new ways which is which is very cool so um the episodes i've seen of the show are awesome and so did, like you said some some of them aren't always going to be great but the twilight zone wasn't always great either so yeah i mean they did do one interesting one that i thought was just cool because it kind of explained the origins of room room 104 um because it is a pretty supernatural like a lot of the episodes this season went into supernatural type stuff mm-hmm. um and so they they explained the, at the i think it was the first episode um how it all came to be and they showed even they weren't inside of the hotel room but they were on the land where the hotel room was built and they had kind of have like they had a, a string lined out where the room is hmm. and they explained how like why it is the way it is like why it's supernatural and stuff which i thought was kind of cool and interesting that they allowed them to go into like almost an origin story for the room so pretty cool there that's dope i dig it i might try to check that one out too there's there's a couple of them that you mentioned that sound pretty awesome so room 104 three and a half wet co's out of five um <laughs> and uh the the eclecticness the eclectic nature of the tv corner continues because uh you've got a couple shows of of very different types here that are remaining <clears throat> 
Yeah, these these next two were uh, the reason I have these ones were, were plane shows. I watched them on the plane. I had about a four hour plane ride, so I got a couple of uh, uh, four hour shows in. So um, first one again, I'll just go by the order uh, that I watched them was Magic for Humans season two. This is one that both you and I really loved the, the first mm-hmm. season anyway. Uh, Josh Will- Williamson, I think his name is. Um, he uh, he's a magician, but he kind of has a different spin to things. Like he's he's pretty funny. He's like a almost like a stand up. And, and some like the way just he you know he kind of interacts with people and talks and stuff. They got a f- lot of fun segments and uh, recurring bits. Uh, Magic for Susans is is definitely my favorite, <laughs> where he just <laughs> he asks people what their name is and if the if their name is Susan he does magic for Susans. <laughs> um, uh, a fun, there's a fun little uh, guest uh, cameo by a, by a famous Susan in the season. It's pretty good, um, but but a lot of a lot of uh, again like weird random funny eclectic uh bits and 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 you know things that he does um a, a lot of this i don't i don't remember specifically in last season but i know in this season every episode kind of had a theme to it yeah and so did you watch this season i have not seen season two yet but i'm very excited okay. to okay so yeah there's a lot of themes and and uh just overall i guess theme is the only word i can think of for each episode this season and um, a lot. I mean, it, it, it was fun. I mean, I, I really do enjoy the show a lot. I know magic is not everyone's cup cup of tea, um, but and and obviously, like, magic isn't real. You idiots, read a book. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, it's cool to like look at this stuff and and figure out, try and figure out how he does it. So even if you're a magic skeptic, like he does a really good job, and and it could all be you know camera tricks or whatever, but. It's still cool to look at and see how the hell does he do some of this stuff because it, it's pretty crazy. Uh, there's some really. I think season one had a lot more cool um, or like impactful in terms of like how the fuck did he do that or like this is a fun social experiment type tricks. The season one had the one where he makes a guy thinks he disappears mm-hmm. and so he you know they go that that's like a pretty popular uh, YouTube Facebook video where people watched it. <clears throat> but season two has one of the most impactful. Uh, tricks that he does that it revolves around him and his mom and I won't say anything else um, but it got my face a little wet I, there was a wet Seth in this one what um, <laughs> and it's such a it, it's based around a theme for the episode um, it's it, I mean it's 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 definitely like one of those like oh fuck that's that's tough um, but it's it's really good I mean again really impactful um, I, if you watch any episode of the show uh, both seasons, I would recommend. I think it's technically, I mean, the, the Netflix page says you can watch in any order or whatever, but I think it's technically the finale of season two. Um, it's again with him and his mom. It's the last like six or seven minutes, and uh, it 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 got me uh, on the plane. God damn it! Uh, I, I, I squirting some tears in front of everyone. But, Publicly uh, wet face, Seth. This I got. <laughs> see. I mean, I, I wasn't. I wasn't like. It wasn't like uh, you watching uh, Endgame or anything like that, but definitely some some tears were some some tear. I didn't have a wet neck or anything like that, but um, <laughs> but uh, it definitely had some tears coming down my face. But yeah, I, I love the show. I, I do. Um, that being said, like I'm gonna give it a lower score just because I know magic is not everyone's thing. So like some people are just gonna be like, eh, magic. I'm not gonna watch it, but. That's that's my uh, everyone who hates magic voice. Mm, skeptics, uh, mm, yeah. right? 
So it's a little bit lower score. I personally like myself. I I loved it. I I would if you put another season out tomorrow, I'd watch it right away. But I'm gonna give it 4.2 magic tears out of five for everyone else. There you go. Magic tears are the ones that emanate from Seth's face when he is forced <laughs> to emote. Um, I I will. So I can't speak to season two yet. I haven't seen it. But if it if it's anything like season one, it is just such a fucking nice thing to watch. Like. It just makes you warm and happy, mm-hmm. and it it's not filled with drama or twists or anything like that. It's just like, here's 25 minutes of nice to watch, and it's just so refreshing. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to watch this second season, and I would I would also recommend it to anybody um, you're, who, who likes to smile. You're gonna, I mean, you're going to squirt some... I think you're going to probably have a wet neck after you watch this thing, especially because <laughs> it's like... It's like it's, it's him and his mom, and it's like a, it's like a really close, intimate thing like it i mean they don't you know they're not naked together or anything but like um but but it involves their relationship and some things going on in their life and everything and in their lives and everything too so it's really really uh it's really impactful i i i loved it and uh, i almost just want to go watch that that again that finale <laughs> just i was gonna for say that. i'm gonna go I, I gotta find out what made Seth's neck wet and go get mine wet too. i didn't have a wet neck <laughs> I knew you. I knew you would correct me. Uh, I got. I got to figure out what uh, what got Seth's cheeks a little damp, um, and uh, I'll I'll be wet necked for sure. So, magic. It's for one humans. of those things. It's one of those things when you're watching it and you're like, oh no, he's that's not he's not gonna no, <laughs> you know like you're, yeah. you're just sitting there like this this isn't gonna happen right, but it's it's crazy. Oh man, I can't wait to see it. Uh, magic for humans season two is on Netflix now. 4.2 magic tears out of five and our final show uh of this week's tv tp um <laughs> is another netflix show that folks can watch and I, this is one i'm really interested in so i'm excited to hear what you thought before i uh before i push play on this one yes it's uh, my little pony horse adventures yes um, no uh living with yourself uh which is the paul red show netflix show again i watch that on the plane um this show, I think it's got a lot of attention uh, just because it has Paul Rudd in it, but basically he plays himself twice. Um, he, uh, I don't know how much I want to get into, spo- I think if you watch the trailer, you just know that one of, like, he's cloned, essentially. I think you know that from watching the trailer. Um, so, basically there's there's one Paul Rudd who's kind of happy and, you know, whatever, and there's the other Paul Rudd who's you know, a little bit sad, like he's kind of an improved Paul, the one clone is, a, is, is an improved Paul Rudd. And so the show is kind of about um, this has happened and, and how how Paul Rudd uses both personas <laughs> to to go about life. And it, uh, it it does the perspective of both Paul Rudds. So like one episode, you get the perspective of the sadder Paul Rudd and the other episode, you get the perspective of the, the new and improved Paul Rudd. And you see events of the, the prior episode bump the mic you see the events of the prior episode play out in the the next episode based off each perspective which is really cool i like that method of of the way that they do the show um they uh it's not like in terms of how long this show goes in in a time relative to the show it's not a very like it doesn't take place over a huge long stretch of time i don't think um and uh, it's not a very long show either. It's half-hour episodes, I think eight eight episodes. So uh, you get a lot jam-packed pretty quick because, again, it's really one episode. But really, you think of it as like one hour-long episode 
but just from two different perspectives. So um, kind of interesting. I like the way that they that the way that they framed this and and kind of set everything up. I think it's an interesting world they've they built in here because obviously you have clones, so that's kind of cool. Um, and then the way that the relationships play out between the two sides is really cool, especially revolving around Paul Rudd and his wife. That's a really really interesting um, dynamic that they they go back and forth. And then his job, him and his job, the different dynamics there too. So. Um, I, I thought the show was really interesting. It's not super funny, really. And you think about Paul Rudd, you know, he's, he's a pretty funny guy. Um, he doesn't have a lot, of, like, there's some kind of serious moments in here. Um, I think a lot of the humor comes in sort of the, like the everyday life or some of the situations as opposed to Paul Rudd making a joke about something. Um, so, that I mean, those, those are funny moments and you kind of get a chuckle, but there's really not like a laugh out loud. This is a hilarious show. It's more of an interesting, you know, funny situational type show. So, um I think they, they definitely set it up for a season two. I'm sure they'll get a season two just because Paul Rudd, they might have already been announced by now. I don't know, but um, they set it up for that. I'd be interested to see more, um, especially, again, being in the world that they're in and kind of what they set up going forward. So I like the show a lot. I'll definitely check out another season if they do. I'm going to give it um, I'm going to give it four point four uh, double Antonys out of five. There you go. 4.4 double Anthony's pretty good score. I am I'm, I'm intrigued by this. And yeah, I think it's I think probably people assume it's gonna be really funny because Paul Rudd is so hilarious. But I, I really like him in the couple of slightly dramatic things I've seen him in. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited and to see him stretch his legs a little bit. The thing they do they do well though is is they even though he's not like f- super funny in the show, he's very charismatic. So they and Paul Rudd, you know, anytime you hear that guy talk, you could listen to that guy talk forever because Dude, he is he so charismatic. Drips. He just drips right. <laughs> Right. And so they do absolutely take advantage of of, it, of his charisma in this show. And, you know, you could, you do hang on every word that he says, even the sad, kind of depressed guy. So, you know, he, he leads the show, obviously, and uh, he's the reason you watch it. So uh, if, if you're a fan of Paul Rudd, you'll love this show uh, just because it is all him. But uh, yeah, so don't be worried about like, you know, it's it's even though it's not funny. You're still going to get plenty of Paul Rudd and you get that Paul Rudd you expect. It's just not him cracking jokes every two minutes or whatever. Mm hmm. I dig it. I'm going to, I'm going to check this out. Um, 4.4 out of five. And if you don't get your Paul Rudd fix from this, uh, I I think Seth, you probably shouted out his hot ones episode not too long ago, which (laughs) is incredible. And then he was also on Conan O'Brien needs a friend uh, (laughs) podcast. And I was, I am, I spit a taco out. I laughed so hard um, at that episode. So there's lots of Paul Rudd out there for you to enjoy uh, if you want to. Spit a taco out sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, that's I don't like that at all. That's uh. oh, you also that's should probably nasty. you should probably explain that that you know you you eat tacos while you listen to Conan O'Brien and not just like hey you should know this but I <laughs> spit tacos out while I eat while I listen to Conan. That's what I do. I I put on Conan O'Brien and what okay what I actually do is on Fridays, I will go out, I'll, I'll leave work for lunch, and I'll go to my favorite taco shop, and I'll get some tacos, and I'll listen to the Conan O'Brien show, um, or Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, while I eat my tacos. It, I call it Happy Fridays, and it's always a joy. <laughs> and and uh, uh, so that, that's why I said I, um, I spit out a taco. Um, and then I was going to sarcastically say, that what I do is I go get some tacos, put them all in my mouth at once, and then see if Conan can make me laugh. And if he does, I spit the tacos out. <laughs> uh, that one got me. I, I definitely did spit out, um, spit out a little bit of taco. But anyway, um, that's but, that's. But I will say, 
I agree. I mean, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Is it's my favorite podcast, and mm, anyone, anyone, anyone who just loves to laugh, listen to that podcast. Um, this week he had John Mulaney on, and it's a good one. So nice. Uh, Conan is a fucking genius. I love yep. that guy. I agree with you. He doesn't get enough uh, enough attention for for what he's doing. Uh, can't wait for Friday. Um, I'm going to be enjoying a taco and listening to him and Mulaney. It'll be good. <laughs> All right, so we had Living With Yourself, Magic for Humans, and Room 104, all getting good scores. Uh, you can check them out streaming at home uh, on HBO and on Netflix if you like. Uh, so all sorts of good stuff around this week's TV TV. Television! Down on the corner. TV. Nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> Down on the TV. Out <laughs> in the streets. <laughs> oh, man. Um, enough about TV. God damn it. We got to switch over to movies. And, uh, we, you guys didn't think we weren't going to do some Star Wars shit, did you? Oh man, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mumble number five. Star Wars is out now. Uh, first showings are tonight as of the release of this podcast. I myself will be going to a Thursday night showing, uh, 6 PM IMAX 3D here in my hometown. Are you, you're seeing this Thursday night too, I imagine? Yep. Nice. Uh, so millions across the U.S. I'm sure will be uh, seeing the rise of Skywalker and uh, see what happens here in Episode Nine. So, like like any good podcast, and like most mediocre ones too, uh, we're doing some Star Wars themed shit today uh, by way of our Mambo Number Five. And uh, we didn't decide we decided not to get too carried away with it. We we went pretty simply with our top five favorite Star Wars characters, and I will preface this by saying that Seth and I are mostly just fans of the movies. So I know there are some cool ass characters in Clone Wars and in Rebels, and th- there are other podcasts to listen to if you want to hear people that care about those. Um, but I and Seth are just fans of the movies, and so our characters are pretty much be limited to those. So um, yeah, this is it. Top five Star Wars characters. Here we go. Number five. Okay, so the most eclectic character on my list is my number five, uh, and I don't really know how to say this, but I think it's Chira Imwe which is the Donnie Yen character in Rogue One. Ah, so I thought, that was a bre- I thought that was a breakfast cereal. I'm sorry. It probably also is, yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's got the bow staff. He's blind. And the thing that I like about him is he's got like these really cool mythic quotes. He does the I am one with the force and the force is with me thing. Um, and he just beats ass and is blind. But he has, he has like, <laughs> he has that level of like faith in the force and that eternal from- optimism. Is he from Rogue One? Yes. Okay, that's why I didn't put him on there. Yeah. Um, and he, I just I just really like his, he's just like, he just gives himself over to the Force a lot of the time and just has faith, and I think that's really endearing. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. He, he was kind of a cool, different type of character that I wasn't used to seeing in the movies, and, and I really dug him. And his buddy, who whose name I can't remember, is also pretty fun, but uh, Chirrut is the best. I think one of the highlights of Rogue One is his character, for sure. Sure it was. Um, my number five, I, I went, I'm a fucking basic Star Wars bitch. Um, my number five, I went with C-3PO. C-3PO didn't make my list, but I'm glad that you're showing okay. it to love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, he's, he's got some, he's got some funny moments. It looks like he's going to have a pretty, uh, you know, pretty emotional moment in this upcoming movie, it looks like. So we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's just, he's, he's a, he's a staple of Star Wars. He's in 
almost all the movies it feels like or at least all you know the the saga movies at least so yep. um i i don't know if that's true or not but yeah he um, and R, he and r2 are the only two to be in and every everyone one yeah okay well r2 doesn't talk he just beeps so um <laughs> But but their their relationship though how he kind of you know that C three PO is kind of the muse for for R two D two I mean that that's that's always a you know funny moments and they got some they got some good uh, good buddy interaction um, so yeah I I, I like three PO I think he's gonna have a cool moment in the upcoming movie he had a red arm for some reason um, you know in the, in the was it last movie last Jedi he had a red arm or is it Force Awakens I think Force it was Force Awakens, Awakens and they never yeah explained he had it. a red arm. No, they didn't. <laughs> so maybe they probably did, but we probably are too stupid to understand. I think there was a comic book. There was a comic book that explained it. Um, um, he uh, he apparently uh, ripped off um, Tony Stark's arm and put it on his. I think. Uh, I can't wait for him yeah. to start blasting fools at the end of episode nine. That's gonna be dope. It's, it's gonna be cool. But yeah, three PO. I'm going with him for number five. Number four. All right, number four here for me. This is where I've got Lando. Lando. Yeah, and he is just the smoothest motherfucker in space. That's and that's <laughs> that's pretty much it. And I I liked uh, I liked Donald Glover as him in mm-hmm. um, in um, uh, Jesus Solo. Oh, in Solo. Um, but you know, I mean, you're not the movie gonna with Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, what's that movie called with uh, with Han Solo? Um, <laughs> Rogue One. Yeah, Rogue One. There you go. Um, I thought I thought. Donald Glover did a really good job, but you can't beat Billy D, man. That dude is just a smooth operator. And R.I.P. Billy D. He is R.I.P. Billy D. Uh, and he is he is he's <laughs> sex on legs, and um, and it looks he, like now he now he wishes he was dead after he said that. <laughs> and it looks like he's going to be appearing in the in the new movie, which uh, I hated that the trailer spoiled for me, but I'll, I'll be excited to see. Uh, so yeah, Lando. Got, if if you need a if you need a space girl fucked, then call Lando Calrissian. He'll take care of it. That's true. Um, yeah, he. I think he. I think he says in this movie one of the lines is, "I'm getting too old for this shit," and then uh, <laughs> blast a guy. Um, number four, again, is uh, because of the buddy interaction. I think is the reason that the the more named character gets the acclaim. I'm going with Chewbacca with number four. I think you're onto um, something. Yeah, I, I think. I don't think that Han Solo on his own would work without Chewbacca. He might work, but he wouldn't. Ha- he wouldn't be as lovable. Chewbacca makes Han Solo lovable and um, makes 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 Han Solo. Uh, you, he, he brings him down to earth. He equals him out. You know, Han Solo on his own would just be crazy out there doing his thing. Chewbacca, he keeps him leveled. He keeps him grounded. So yep. Chewbacca, even though he doesn't talk, but again, Han Solo is the the muse for Chewbacca. You know what Chewbacca is saying because of Han Solo, but Chewbacca has the more interesting things to say. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with Chewbacca here. I dig. I support it. He also like flies the ship a lot of the time and yeah. like beats ass when Han Solo. Han Solo never really beats ass, but Chewie rips guys' arms off and shit. So he's got a sweet crossbow. Yeah, the crossbow is fucking dope. Like, right. yeah, I'm I'm all for this. Chewie over Han all day. And and Chewbacca. He wouldn't need to shoot first. He'd just eat fucking Greedo's head. And he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't even let him say McClunky. <laughs> number three. Okay, so number three. And I, I know the whole series is about this guy, but I, I don't think he's my favorite character. I've got Anakin slash Darth Vader. Um, sp- oh, that's a kick the can. You're going to kick it? Okay, I'll, I'll save my not point a, for a bit. Not for, not for Anakin, though. <laughs> just for Vader. Okay, 
Well, yeah. I, I'm considering them one and the same, so we'll save it. We'll save it for now. Okay. My number three might be a can kick. Maybe. Ray? I didn't have Ray in my top five. You didn't have Ray? I like Ray, man. Um, and I also like Ray from, from Star Wars. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm more of a Spyro fan anyway. But uh, no, Ray Ray's great. I, I do love Daisy Ridley as, as Ray. Um, I, I, I like, so far, like the mystery behind her. You know, I, I'm interested to see how it pays off. Maybe, you know, if it doesn't pay off well in, in Rise of Skywalker, you know, maybe her, her backstory is dumb, actually. Um, then then I think uh, maybe she falls off this list. But so far, I like the mystery behind her. I like that she's kind of like this uber-powerful person. Like, she she has all this power that you don't really know why. Like, Luke didn't really have this. You know, he, you know, he kind of grew into it. Where Rey, from the beginning, has, you know, she can do Jedi, Jedi mind tricks, and she can wield a lightsaber like a badass and, and all that stuff. So, um, I like her a lot. I think she's, I think she's got she's got what it takes to kind of lead this new, you know, this newer trilogy. I, I, I've liked the direction they've gone with her. And uh, again, interested to see what they do and kind of close it out with her in, in this story. I do really like Ray. Um, big, big fan of her. And a lot of the pushback on Ray is that she is overpowered, but I, I, I think that's cool. I think, I think I that's, that's going to be explained. Yeah. They're going to explain it. And, I think and it's I, important. I, if I'm right about what they're going to do, I, my, my theories, I think I like the reason that she's overpowered but if they don't if they just like leave it unexplained i might have a little bit more of an issue with it um or if they if they i mean if they i don't know because i still think there's a lot of mystery behind her you know Mm -hmm. i I don't need a parent's explanation but i kind of want to know like why she's special (laughs) in a way you know i want to know at least a little bit i want to i the these visions that she's had i want those explained you know why those are kind of important and what why what has what the reason we saw these visions? I want to know like what those mean, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So there's still a lot to explain, still a lot to do. We're gonna have a two hour and a half hour movie uh, here this week to hopefully explain a lot of that. So, but I like Ray. She's yeah. Cool. I can't wait to see how her story ends. There's apparently in the and I won't say it here, but um, a lot of her her overpoweredness and the, her abilities and stuff is actually explained in part in the new video game. And also in part in the novelization for Force Awakens, um, mm. I had I had someone explain to me how she makes sense based on a couple of things from those, and I, I won't spoil it in case they make a big plot point of it in in Episode Nine. But a, a person could explain everything about Rey even now to some extent. Um, but I'm really interested to see what surprises they have left for us uh, for her uh, going into um, going into Episode Nine here. Some metachlorians. <laughs> number two. My number two, I've got Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hmm. Yeah. I think people, and more people more so now, understand the importance of Obi-Wan to the entire saga, but I don't think they always did. I think the, the prequel trilogy really did a lot for Obi-Wan. It, I mean, it only made him, it almost made him the main character a lot of the time. And certainly he was a force for good. He was the only Jedi to never be corrupted, right? Other than like Yoda. Uh, Every other Jedi was either killed or turned. And so Obi-Wan is, I can't wait for his series coming out. I really liked Ewan McGregor in in the prequel trilogy. So I'm excited to see him back in uh, his own show. And, uh, you know, his, his scene specifically in episode three where he fights Anakin is some of my favorite shit in the entire saga. So... Uh, Obi-Wan features highly for me, number two. 
I like Obi Wan. I uh, didn't didn't make my list, and I, I'm ex- maybe he will be once once the the streaming service uh, does have the Obi Wan series on there. Uh, Disney Plus has has uh, Obi Wan on there. Then I will be maybe higher on the list with him. But um, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of the, the the prequel series, and he's really not or the pe- prequel movies, and he's really not in much of the you know, the original trilogy. So nope. just really in that first movie. So I don't get enough of uh, you know Obi Wan. That you did. Um, my number two is is Yoda, um, not the baby one, the regular one. <laughs> um, and and I think part of that, I mean, for one, he's he's you know, really the ultimate good uh, when you look at you know this. Uh, he's he's I think he's still got some mystery. I mean, I know there's been a lot of stuff explained with books and comics and all this stuff, but there's still some mystery I think involved with Yoda. Um, you know, he's he's kind of a mythical being. He's almost like a god in this world. You know, a lot of people have seen him, and not a lot of people have interacted with him, other than some of the important people. So, I, I like Yoda a lot. I think he's he's fun to watch fight too, um, with 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 his <laughs> his small stature and tiny lightsaber. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like Yoda, and and plus, you know, he's he's a man of few words. So, uh, I, I I like Yoda. He's a good dude. Yep. Yeah, Yoda's great. I, I think his. The, the the mystery of Yoda in especially in Empire Strikes Back, which is really the only movie he featured heavily in before the prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've expanded a lot on Yoda, but I, I agree with you. I love the mystery of him. He's just this dude who seems to be more powerful than everybody and you know, he's always got wet wise shit to say and his scenes are always his scene in um Last Jedi was one of my favorites. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, intrigued to see if, if he features at all in, in the new movie or not. But uh, I, I'm down with Yoda. He didn't, I didn't put him on my list, but I, I, I fucks with Yoda for sure. Shouldn't fuck Yoda. <laughs> um, number one. Palpatine is the only correct answer. He's the best <laughs> the best character in the whole saga. He he is the saga. Like, people will tell you that it, it's about Luke or it's about Vader. This whole thing has been about Palpatine the entire time. And True. Um, we, you know, there's the, the trailers for the new movie, uh, you know, feature Palpatine's voice. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see if and how he factors into the new movie. I, I don't know, but, um, everything about Star Wars, it only exists because of Palpatine. And I think that's awesome. Um, his, People hate the prequel trilogies, but I love the way he weaseled his way into power. It actually makes political sense, and I think it's awesome. Um, some people are bored by it, but I think it's dope. He he only has to he doesn't have to fight very often, which is the sign of a badass is when you don't have to fight. And he's smarter than everybody else. He's more powerful than everybody else. He's super fucking menacing. Um, I'm all over Pal like Palpatine is the shit. Like I I cannot I'm I'm gonna start uh, tomorrow. I'm gonna start a rewatch of all the movies, and I'm most excited to see Palpatine. Yeah, I mean, you make some good points, but I, I personally like Darth Vader. Um, that's my number. That's my number one. And the reason for that is because I think he's probably the most complex character mm-hmm. in Star Wars. Um, he's got the good to him. You know, he he early on he he and you know at the end as well he wanted to be good. You know, he he wanted to he he wanted to do the right thing, but you know he was corrupted, and then you know he felt the power, and he became evil but even and i know like a lot of um there's been a lot of comics and games and all kinds of stuff that kind of explore and that's what i'm most interested in and seeing more because there was a a rumor going around now that one of the upcoming uh one of the upcoming streaming shows is going to be called it's going to be um based around dr afa i can't remember what it's called let me pull that up real quick dr afra 
who is um, not an apprentice from what I understand, but kind of someone who works under Darth Vader uh, in between during the during the original trilogy. I think it's between like episode four and five. Um, and it explores a lot of his time during that. And so like that's the stuff I'm really interested to see is like that we really haven't seen a lot of yet is the in-between stuff and, and like what Darth Vader is doing while he is like this ultimate badass. And I know like a lot of comics and stuff have, uh, and books have talked about like he even struggled then. Um, it, I think the Obi-Wan series is going to explore more with him, with him and Darth Vader during that time in between um, the uh, prequels and the, the uh, ri- original trilogy. So there's still a lot left to explore with Darth Vader um, and the complexity of his character. And that's the stuff I'm most intrigued by is like how, how he kind of struggles between the light and the dark side. Also, he's fucking badass. Like that, the only, really the only part I liked in Rogue One was when he's fucking tearing apart fools. Man, for that, I just that. rewatched just that scene like yesterday and <laughs> holy fucking yeah. balls, man. It's that's, scary. That That's the most badass scene I think in Star Wars history. Um, Mandalorian's getting up there with some of the badass stuff, but uh, that, the, that, that scene is so fucking badass. Uh, it's great when that when that lightsaber comes on. It's pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think Darth Vader is the best. I mean, he he. You don't have a lot of complex characters like that, and I think that's that's really where the for me at least the the intrigue and the the because like the the Luke I'm your father thing like that that before people knew what that meant like that that blew people's minds you know mm-hmm. and and that that. Uh, Someone who is your hero and, and protagonist um, in the movie, and Luke can be fathered by this antagonist, and then you dive into you know some of the complexities and things like that. And again, I really, really want to see the the complexities with him when he's Vader, and you know some of the stuff he's struggling with, and and being in that type of power and all that stuff. I'm really into like when they start doing more of these streaming shows and movies and things like that of that time. Uh, I'm gonna be super into it because I think that stuff is really cool. Yeah, don't be surprised if we get a film or series adaptation of the Vader comic that has been that Disney's been putting out, and, which, which is canon. And, and that's where um, this Doctor Afra comes from is the those comics. And mm. so this would be this would be the first like adaptation of the comics into film or TV. So that's what a lot of people are excited about. And apparently, this has already been filming, so it might oh, be shit. coming so- sooner rather than later. It's kind of been a secret. So. Um, at least that's been the word is that it's it's already been filming so could be coming soon sooner rather than later and could be a really really cool streaming thing yeah you you touched on the kind of the conflict with him and that's why my when i when i had anakin slash vader at three i'm specifically talking about episode three um his like second the second half or so of that movie his fall from you know being a jedi to you know finally going over to the sith is so interesting to me and so well done. Uh, everyone shits on Hayden Christensen, but I, I really like his delivery and as in that section of the of the prequels um, and his fight with Obi Wan and his ultimate kind of turn into Vader. Uh, it's so interesting to me. And you, you talked about that, like the call of the power and the dark side and all of that stuff. And that is fascinating to me. I think it's really really cool. I think that the movies themselves haven't quite done enough to explore that. And so I'm I'm with you. I, I want to see a ton more of him. And his his kind of conflict um, as time goes on, and and you know, money. So we will, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? But that's why I think he's that's why that's why he's my favorite. I, I I you know I like a lot of almost every character in Star Wars is is pretty cut and dry. You know what side mm-hmm. they're on, right? Yeah. 
Um, sometimes they're tempted. Luke has been tempted and things like that. But really the true most complex character, and that's what I love in my movies and TV shows is complex characters. Um, Breaking Bad, you know, Walter White, my favorite, you know, character ever in TV. Um, super complex. And same thing with Darth Vader. You know, he's got that, got the light side to him. He's, he's lived through that, but he's also got the dark side and, and battling back and forth between that. And again, when they explore more of that stuff, and I think it'd be an amazing TV show. Like if they did that as a streaming show, almost like Breaking Bad in a way, Mm -hmm. um, you know, him, him battling between that, the, the, the light and the dark. That's not, you know, post, this is post, this would be like post Breaking Bad in a way. Um, you know, like this is post to him being Anakin, but now he's kind of struggling with that. I think that would be really really cool and i would be so into it it'd be very sweet and i think it mirrors what we're talking about mirrors a lot of someone we both left off of our list uh kylo ren and i think i think they're trying yeah. to do more of that with I don't, him but you don't like it as much i i i see to then to me that goes into being a rehash and sure. also a bit of like to me i think he's already gone past the point of where he can redeem himself he killed his dad mm-hmm. you know he killed killed his dad and and was he didn't even bat an eye at it, and then again he had a chance in this last movie to go you know work with Ray and go to the light side and he didn't want to do it. I think story wise it wouldn't make a lot of sense other than being a, a you know a parallel to the original uh, trilogy. It doesn't make a lot of sense for him to be on the light side. It doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense for him to be redeemed in, in my eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like he I feel like he should stay. He's shown so much to this point that he is. The dark side that's all he wants you know so f- to me if, if they redeem him i'm gonna be pretty upset i think if they if they do that i, I won't like it yeah it's gonna be interesting to see because they give you a little bit of of you know how he could be redeemed in in last jedi with his interactions with luke um and i, I won't be surprised if they do because it's disney you know and they want to end on a happy note but i'm with you i i think he can i, I want him to continue to go down mm-hmm. and um and and kind of finish up you know one way or the other finish up there but uh, some of that conflict in him, it's interesting because like Vader wanted to be good, but got pulled to the dark. And it seems like Kylo is, he wants to be dark, but is pulled to the good through Ray. Uh, mm-hmm. So his, the completion of his arc alongside Ray's is, is what I'm most looking forward to in the new movie. Um, so I'm pretty stoked. Obviously there are a million star Wars characters we left out. Um, and we're just not even going to do honorable mentions because it would be 100 people. So if we left people out of our top five, I know there's probably some people out there who, who think we're stupid for not having Kylo in our top five. <laughs> we didn't even have Luke in our top five. Um, yeah. So I'm sure yeah, there is some... kind of annoying. Yeah. I'm going to get some... <laughs> I was going to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. <laughs> and um, then the... I, I mean, I, I wasn't going to put Anakin on there because of the fucking kid who played him. Um <laughs> uh, he is terrible. Um, let me ask you real quick. Uh, kind of a still Star Wars and still character related, but not movies. Uh, the the guy is it Cal from from uh, the game? Yes. What's his name? Okay. Cal Kestis. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think about him as a character? What, like in terms of of that story and and the character in that game? Uh, I'm you finished it, right? Uh, no, I have not quite finished it, but okay. But you're I'm excited there. to. I'm very close. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm not quite there, but. What do you think about him as a character? Because I, I, I like that actor, Cameron Monaghan, I think his name yep. is. Um, I don't really like that character a whole lot. Yeah, I think the thing about Cal is the same thing about Luke in the original trilogy is that mm-hmm. he's interesting because of the stuff that happens to him. Like, mm-hmm. he, he himself doesn't... He's not very charismatic, and he doesn't have, you know... It, 
watching his story unfold is really interesting, but him in and of himself isn't super compelling to me. Um, mm-hmm. But I do really like the story. I, I think it's it's entertaining yeah. and interesting, but I'm with you. I, I think he's a little flat. Um, yep. Which a, a video game character I, and and Luke Skywalker and they like they're made to be that way. Harry Potter is the same way. Um, yeah. A lot of times you want to have kind of a plain vanilla uh, main character so that anyone can yeah. sort of can sort of surrogate through I, him. And I think that's I some work they're doing though. in the video game. I disagree with that because my favorite games, Uncharted, God of War, the. Those characters to me, like those games, are about the characters. Those are about yeah. Nate Drake. Yeah. Those, uh, that's about Kratos. And even like you look at the Spider-Man video game, Peter Parker. Like yep. he was a. That's one of my favorite Peter Parkers in that video game. Not not just overall. Like that's one of my favorite Peter Parkers and slash Spider-Mans. Um, is is that video game because how well written and and developed he is. To me, I think I would have been way more into that. Like for me, for me when I'm playing the Star Wars game. I'm having fun slashing the fuck out of these these stormtroopers and stuff, right? I don't give a shit what happens to this cow. Like, if he died at the end of the game, might happen. I have no idea. I don't care. But if mm-hmm. when like when I was playing Uncharted Four and I was nearing the end of that game and I was worried about Nate Drake, Nate Drake dry, dying, I was I thought like if he died, I'd have been really sad about it. Yeah, you know. So like. I, I like Fallen Order. It's a fun game to play, but at the end of the day, like I don't give a shit about the character. Right. Yeah. Well, that Different I mean, this for is a lot of other games. This is uh, this is classic Seth and Cody, right? Because yeah. I'm always the one who wants to put. I want to put myself in place of the protagonist. Sure. And, and that's what you have VR for. That is what I have VR for, and I still need to play the second and third episodes of Vader Immortal. I do too. <laughs> uh, that reminds me, actually. Um, but no, I think. It's an interesting, because you can go both ways, right? You can have a really strong main character who is interesting in and of himself, or you can have a surrogate for the audience. And I mm-hmm. think that's what Luke and Cal Kestis are, are surrogates for the audience. And true, Ray, to some extent, Ray is that, but uh, she's got more of her own agency than the, than yeah. the other two, I think. Um, so she's got a little more depth than, than like Luke did. But mm-hmm. um, there has always been that element of Star Wars is like, oh, this could be anybody. You know, it could be you. Um, true. Which is what drew, what drew me to it. But... You're right, though. You gotta have you gotta have some of both, um, for sure. But I, I think that's I think that's why Cal Kestis is that way, because um, the show the the game is written very well. So it's it's it seems to yeah. me like it had to have been a choice for him to be a relatively thin character. And I'm betting that's why that that would be my stab at it. Oh man. We- also, they need to f- introduce fucking fast travel into that game. Jesus Christ, I'm tired of retracing my steps. Oh my god, yeah, there's a lot of it. We should do when I, I'm going to finish Fallen Order probably in the next week, and we'll do a full review. I'll, I can do a full review of it, but that's one of the problems I, should, I have I with should, it is you can't move fast enough in that game. I, I know. I should. I should actually have time over the between this weekend and, and Christmas and stuff to finish it too. Hopefully, so um, yeah. If we both finish it around the same time, we should definitely. Maybe do like a spoiler talk about it and stuff because I know a few people that we know have finished it. So yep, yeah, that would be sweet. Um, keep an eye out for for more Fallen Order, and uh, don't don't be one of those contrarian douchebags who's like, I'm not gonna go see Star Wars. You know you're gonna fucking go see Star Wars. So go see Star Wars this weekend, and um, you'll see several of our our top five characters from this week's Mambo Number Five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number Five. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Still in the world of movies, we've got some reviews to get to, but first, we got to make the quota. <laughs> What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! All right, Seth has pulled a quote from a film, 
and I need to figure out the film and who said it. What do you got for us this week? Shake your dicks. This pissing contest is over. Oh, <laughs> uh, see. Hmm. There's like variants of, of this quote in, in multiple movies. <clears throat> and so it's like, okay, what movie did they reference a pissing contest in? Um, okay, shake your dicks. I, I think you've seen this one. I, I know I have. I, I can picture the scene. Um, it, it's not the hitman's bodyguard, is it? No. Okay. Um, so you remember who was the last week's? Yeah, we had it, right? it was a Sam Jackson quote, right? Yeah. Okay. Or two so, weeks ago. Yeah. So. So Sam, Sam I'll Jackson say. Movie. He he wasn't in this for very long. I'll say that. Ah, I just figured it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I I went directly to the fucking I pictured it in my head. This time <laughs> I said that. Um, yeah. The movie is The Other Guys, which mm-hmm. is a brilliant fucking comedy. That if you okay. haven't seen The Other Guys. It is one of the great comedies of the last 10 years. Um, fucking hilarious. And that's, I think it's Michael Keaton in it, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's talking to the uh, two two different sets of cops who are trying to get the same case. And he says, shake your dicks, boys. And then he also does all the TLC lines in that movie. Oh, that movie is fucking <laughs> great. I might go watch that tonight. Um, as soon as I'm done watching that uh, neck wedding episode of Magic for Humans. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this is Michael Keaton in The Other Guys. Uh, that's just a damn good, that's a good, that's a good pull. I appreciate you reminding me of The Other Guys. <laughs> oh, man. Shake your dicks, folks. This, this segment is over. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote... All right, folks, Oscar season is well underway. There's a fuckload of movies coming out right now, and we've been to a bunch of them over the last two weeks. So let's get into some reviews here. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. All right, Seth, we have seven movies to review. I want to get one out of the way because uh, a lot of these are, are like really good movies or at least really highly anticipated ones. So I'm excited to talk about mm-hmm. them. I um, will say I liked every movie I'm reviewing. I liked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there was, there was exactly one movie in my list that I didn't like, and we're going to start with it. Uh, <laughs> Black Christmas. Um, which Sweet is, Christmas. Yeah, Sweet Christmas would have been a better movie. Well, that, that's what Luke Cage says. Yeah. I, I, you know what I wish? I wish this was just an episode of Luke Cage that was set around Christmas. You c- still could have called it Black Christmas. <laughs> you could have. But, uh, and it would have been better in this movie. Black Christmas is total dog crap. Um I, I would I would encourage folks to go over to at Jared Buckendall on the YouTubes and watch his review because he says about the same. Um, um, let me ask: Is it a horror movie then? It's kind of one of those um, like intentionally cheesy horror movies that you kind of want to root for. Like, okay, not it doesn't quite pull off what Happy Death Day does, but it's kind of similar okay. to that. Um, and it's set on a college campus with sorority girls, so it's kind of similar in that way. Um, this movie is pretty much it's paint by numbers, um, crappy horror movie. It's got a really shitty supernatural element to it. It's got the hammiest dialogue I've ever heard. There is, and I swear to God, this is true. The line "suck a fat fart" is in this movie, <laughs> and someone says it like intensely, like the music drops off, and and they say that. 
and you're supposed to you're supposed to be like yeah suck a fat fart and you're not like the acting in here is fine you're not gonna suck a fat fart no you're not gonna um (laughs) it's the acting is exactly fine it's never scary um it didn't even like usually i go to these crappy horror movies and at least they they get me with a jump scare once or twice didn't even do that it was crap the resolution at the end is crap um it's crap. I mean, it's it's actually bad. And I go to a lot of these, you know, like I go to Escape Room and I go to, you know, Truth or Dare. And I, I occasionally, actually often, I'll walk out and be like, you know what, Seth, this probably isn't for you, bad. but I really enjoyed myself at this horror movie, even though I know it wasn't good. I didn't even have fun at this. It was just dumb. Um, it had some, it's I mean, I, I out loud went, oh God, at some of the dialogue <laughs> in this. It's funny because uh, prior to you, uh, saying anything and, and Jared as well. Um, I had not heard a single good thing. Like Rotten Tomatoes was in the forties, I think early on. But I, when I heard people actually talk about the movie, I had not heard a single good thing. Like I had heard it's terrible. It's bad. It's not worth going to. It's not worth watching. Like that is what I've been hearing, hearing about it. And for a lot of these type of movies, like you mentioned, there's always something like, Oh, it's at least kind of fun or this happens in it, or it's funny or, you know, it's got good music. I hadn't heard a single positive thing. So when you're, t- you're talking about like, oh, normally there's something you can point out or you have some sort of fun or whatever. I thought you were going to do the same thing because that's usually what you do when I hear those those mm-hmm. negative things about it. You usually have something to say like, oh, it wasn't that bad or whatever. I was expecting that text. Um, never got that text. You said it was you said, haha, it is as bad as you expected or whatever. <laughs> ha don't go to that <laughs> or whatever it was. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's. I mean, one, I'm not surprised, but two, uh, that's bad. Yeah. It was ass.com and not in a good way. Um, <laughs> it even... Oh, that's awesome. It even, like, it, they, they, they... I don't... I, I never want to, like, dis... Um, I don't want to diminish having this type of storyline in a movie because I think it's important and can often be really good. But it seemed they, they shoehorned in this like feminist message alongside some like Me Too type stuff in this. And it felt so just like, uh, to me. And uh, maybe there's someone out there who was positively affected by a couple of the messages in here, but it was like really crappy ham-handed feminism a lot of the time. And it was really frustrating and annoying to watch. And I cannot tell you how many shitty, shitty, like, catchphrases they delivered right to the camera that were terrible. The best thing about this movie was a single shot that they did that was a 100% blatant ripoff of a shot from The Exorcist 3, I think is the one. (laughs) And it's a pretty iconic, like, if you go online and you watch, like, here are the best horror jump scares and here are the best horror shots it's it usually features on those it's a pretty popular shot people who who are fans of horror will likely know what shot i'm talking about they do a complete 100 percent ripoff of that shot and it's the best shot in the whole movie <laughs> and i was sitting in there i was sitting in there like this looks exactly like the and then they did the same thing and i was like oh well i mean cool but i've seen that um and that was the best like if, if a ripoff that's like if the if the best if i made a rap song and one of my lines in that rap song was, welcome to the Space Jam. And you said, that line was the best part of that song. That means it's a shitty song, because that's just that's the only part I ripped off from someone else. <laughs> also, why are you ripping off that song? I don't know. I, I don't know why that came to my brain, but it did. And anyway, 
that we've spent way too much time on Black Christmas. It, there's, there's, um, don't go see it. if if you want to like do a bunch of drugs with your friends and watch it on Netflix in a year, like maybe. But I even then, I I don't I can't recommend it. Um, I'm just like really I I don't get how studios release holiday movies because this to me so they released last Christmas, which was 100% just a Christmas movie in like early November, like right after Halloween. It was like the week after Halloween they released that movie. Don't you think they should have swapped these at least? Like this is a horror movie going into the you know holiday season. Don't you think that should have came out in November and last Christmas should have came out like now? I could <laughs> that, that, I could see that. I think that would make sense like in uh-huh. real life, but the studios thought that they were so smart because it was Friday the 13th of December ah, that they put okay. this out and they were like, everyone's going to want to go see murder on Friday the 13th. No, no one does. And no. they made a terrible fucking movie. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sorry that you had to go to that and uh, had to subsequently talk about it for as long as you did. Ugh, it made me so upset that my neck started sweating. So this movie got me wet neck oh, no. for the wrong reason. Yeah. <laughs> And Cody got a wet neck for this one too. Oh Jesus. man, it's I don't watch it, people. I I would be doing a disservice to you if I recommended it. It's it's not. Don't watch it. Will you review something now? I'm all hot and bothered from hating that movie. All right. Well, I'll try and cleanse the palate. Um, I'm gonna review Black Christmas. I went to that. <laughs> um, no, I'll. Uh, I don't know. I, I the the movies I I saw alone. Um, that you didn't see. I I really uh, really enjoyed. But I'll go with. I'll go with Waves. I'll start with Waves. Um, the uh, smaller movie, um, I guess independent. I don't know. I don't know if that technically is independent if they're going for awards or not. It felt like a very independent movie. But basically, it's kind of, it's it's very similar in, in a way to Marriage Story in that it's like, which is the Netflix movie I'll be talking about in a bit, but that it's about a family and, and it's kind of just like a about their lives. Now, where it's not similar is kind of like where it goes, but... Um, Waves is very much an extreme measure uh, in terms of what happens to this family. But uh, the family is uh, made up of Sterling K. Brown, who's the father, of course. I mean, he's he's America's dad at this point now. Um, makes me cry every week mm-hmm. uh, during This Is Us. But uh, he, he's the father. I don't know who plays the mother or the sister, but they're both very good. And then the son is Kelvin Harrison Jr., who was loose earlier this year. Oh, fuck. Um, I still got to watch that. That dude... You haven't seen Loose yet? No, it, it is available. I thought you watched it. No, well, I still, I, I was going to watch it and couldn't. Um, on, like one day some plan changed or whatever. But they have it at Blockbuster, so I'm going to go pick it up sometime. <laughs> um, but that dude, he is one hell of a fucking actor. He is, he is, his, what he does in this movie and in Loose, it's, it's pretty insane. Now, this movie... It's kind of a it's kind of two movies in one waves is uh, the first half of it is Kelvin Harrison Jr. story um, kind of and it's very similar characters in some ways like he is this perfect kid uh, in this family now he's not like adopted or anything like that like he is in loose but he, he he's actually Sterling K Brown Sterling K Brown's son but perfect kid star athlete good student parents love him he's pushed very hard as a kid and 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 all that stuff he's he's basically looked on to be the role model some things happen to him and his life kind of goes it does go in in a crazy direction and then the second half of the movie is about his sister who in the first half is just kind of there in points and then the second half is is all her and you see how his actions 
reflect on her and how it impacts her life from that point. And then sprinkled in there, obviously, is like Sterling K. Brown and his wife and how it impacts their lives and things like that. So 100% this is a family drama. But the crazy thing about this movie is that not a lot of dialogue in it. Uh, It's a super visual movie. A lot of like neon type colors in it. A lot of a lot of like really interesting shots, a lot of really great music. You would love the music in this one, I think. Sweet. Because um, the music tells a story. Um, I also saw this in a theater where uh, my eardrums started ringing during this movie because it was so fucking loud. Weird. <laughs> um, it, it was crazy loud in there. But so I think that added to it. But the thing I don't know if you'll like about this movie is that you will feel claustrophobic watching this. Mm. And the reason for that is the way they shoot it. It is. Almost the entirety of this movie you don't see from, like, shoulder down. Like, you only see from head to, like, mid, like, maybe, like, mid-chest. Like, most of this movie is very panned in, very close. So, and there's, like, a lot of driving shots, so it's, like, very close inside the car. You don't see much pan, like, not a lot of panning shots. Very character-focused. They change the aspect of the movie, like, three times. Really weird, but cool. And it works because they use the camera and, again, the music to make you feel what they're feeling. It's really weird, really cool. Um, and then on, on top of that, like, the performances are outstanding. When they do have dialogue, it's really good. But this movie, I have not seen something shot like this. And, like, the way they things are manipulated to make you feel based off the shots and the music. I haven't seen anything like this in a very long time or ever. Like, it's... It's really cool. It's like it, I don't know. It's it. I was sitting there just like this is this is trippy, but also like I felt I I felt anxious throughout almost the entire movie. Hmm. And it's not like there's you know it, there's there's definitely some intense scenes and things like that, but it's not scary. It's not a scary movie. But you just feel you feel everything that they're trying to portray because of what they do with the camera and the and the the music and stuff. It's it's pretty crazy. Um, how to, it's 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 a, it's something that you should see in the theater if you can because of the way that it's shot. Um, it, it's 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 one of my favorite movies this year for sure. Um, this I mean this like I mentioned this Kelvin Harrison kid Kelvin Harrison Jr. He is he's going to do some insane things. He he's going to be someone that people know uh, for years. I, I think he he's continuing to do like some some things I haven't seen in terms of actors ever do. Um, this is one you got to check out. I, I I would love for this to be nominated for for anything. I don't think it will. Um, but if I mean if it could be nominated for cinematography for the music, it it would deserve that 100. percent So um, yeah, I definitely check out Waves. It's 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 something I haven't seen ever in in, in certain aspects of it in a theater. So it's cool. Definitely check it out. I'm pumped for this. I I think. Uh... Like you said, Sterling Brown. Just, if if, St- if Sterling Brown's gonna emote, then Cody's gonna have a wet neck. Uh, I think that's <laughs> that's for sure. So, if, and, and and I'm excited to see this new kid. I, I haven't seen uh, Luce yet, but you've been raving about him for months now. So I, I'm pretty stoked to check out what he's got. Uh, he, is, I will say about Sterling, Sterling K. Brown. If you've seen him do This Is Us, uh, if you've seen him in This Is Us, not a lot of variation. I mean, he's he's definitely more of a hard ass in this movie, um, kind of more overbearing, but still father and like he has the charisma like i'm becoming less impressed with sterling k brown just because he does a lot of the same roles sure like he he does a few different things he's different in hotel hotel artemis he's a good actor but he's not 
I still love like him as Randall and, and this is us is one of my favorite characters in TV, but he's not like, he doesn't have a lot of range. It seems like, um, this Kelvin Harrison kid has, has any type of range you could ask for. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. This is one though. I think if you watch it at home, you're probably not going to get the same impact that I had out of it. I think you, this is one you have to see in like a theater kind of have that big screen in order to feel that claustrophobic type of feel they want you to feel. Cause it's, it's pretty intense. So, but I mean, on its own at home, I think you'll still feel it. Um, but you won't, I don't think you'll appreciate, like you won't, you might not be able to catch some of the different changes in aspect ratio. Like it goes from widescreen to full screen to like, like I think that 16, nine type of aspect ratio where it's like two giant bars on the side and the, and then mm-hmm. the middle is full screen. It does that and it changes like at certain points to emphasize certain things that are happening on the screen. It's crazy. It, it's, it's really cool. Uh, I, I, yeah, you have to see this in the theater if you can. Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to try to catch this. Hopefully it comes comes through my place. Um, Waves is the film in theaters now. Um, and another little, little, little old movie that came out uh, this past weekend, Jumanji, The Next <laughs> Level. Uh, you and I both got to this. It's doing gangbusters at the fucking box office. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, and it's a sequel to surprise hit, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle from two years ago, which you watched as part of our We Miss the Boat segment and enjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. Surprisingly good movie. The thing from the first movie to the second that's interesting because I haven't seen the tomato scores on this. I would guess that it's lower than the first because it doesn't have the surprise that the first one did. Um, Mm -hmm. When I went to the first Jumanji, I was like, oh, this is going to be butt. And then it was really (laughs) good. I really enjoyed it. So I was like, oh, it was amazing. Like my expectation versus reality was a huge gap here. Uh, I knew about what to expect, and I will say this, and I don't mean this in a negative way, Jumanji, the next level, delivers exactly what you want. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't surprise, it's not anything too crazy, it's just, if you like the first Jumanji, you're probably gonna like this one, because it's, they change up enough where it's it's not the same shit, but the humor is relatively similar, you know, the visuals of it look the same, the structure of the movie is pretty much the same, um, and so it's just more of the good stuff from Jumanji. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought it, it, you could watch this as a double feature. And if you took the credits out in between, you wouldn't even really know time had passed, uh, yeah. which was kind of cool. And I will say, I think what I was concerned about was that they added to the cast here. They added, um, they added Danny Glover. They added, um, Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito. I was struggling to come up, come up with his name. They added Aquafina. And I was really worried that they would bloat the movie too much and it would get too full of itself and too up its own ass. Um, And I I didn't think that that happened. I I thought the characters Mm -hmm. that they added were were meaningful and interesting and cool. Um, And, you know, this... it sounds like I, it's not a great review, but I, I really enjoyed this movie. It was it was exactly mm-hmm. what I went to the theater wanting, and it delivered. It, you know, not not a huge shock, but uh, but I, yeah. I, I liked it a lot. So it's funny. I, I did pull up the Rotten Tomatoes. Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle actually is the highest of the three, seventy six percent. Jumanji: The Next Level is the second highest with like sixty something, and then the original is like fifty three, I think. Um, so. The, the original is the lowest rated out of the three. My favorite of the three, but lowest rated out of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would totally agree with you. I, I, you get exactly what 
you want. Like you said, you know, you you get enough of the the second one uh, to feel, you know, again like like a sequel. They change a few things up, like you know who the um, who the the characters in the game are in the real world type of thing. Um, I thought I would get very tired of both The Rock and Kevin Hart in this one because you know going in that The Rock is Danny DeVito and and Kevin Hart is Danny Glover. Every time Kevin Hart spoke as Danny Glover, I was cracking up. He was he was perfect. Mm-hmm. I was so I, I was laughing so hard. Um, the Rock as Danny DeVito is fine. Uh, he had a few funny moment, moments, um, but they do a good job of switching things up. It doesn't like they're they basically you know not everyone is the same through the entire movie type of thing. So um, I won't say how that happens or anything like that. But it does it if you're afraid of it getting old. They switch it up, so it's they, they, it's funny because they switch it up again. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's a very funny movie. It's got cool action sequences in it. Um, they, the video game stuff is it's like all that stuff is perfect. Like I mentioned with, when I reviewed the second one, um, the video game stuff is perfect. Like they, the way they incorporate how incorporate how video games work if you were actually living one is really cool. Um, I, and then, like I said, Aquafina, I I love her. She is great. And when they do the switching up stuff um, with with her, it's great. Um, I don't know. It, it's 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 a fun movie. I had a great time with this one. I was laughing throughout the entire time. Um, I I thought that every character in this one did exactly what they needed to do. Um, and it, you know, they they set some stuff up for the future too. So uh, I'm excited to see where that goes. Yep. Yeah. I, I'll watch a hundred of these. Honestly, like. Uh, until they start, you know, making terrible jokes, but it, it's fresh enough, just like you said, but uh, but familiar enough where I know I was going to like it. I will say, if I have one negative, um, it's that I thought I thought that their attempts to have heart in this one fell pretty flat for me. Um, mm-hmm. But they they don't try very hard to have heart. It's just minor little bits that that are kind of the the meaningful portions of this. And I thought that the, those were swings and misses. But what they spent the majority of their time on making it funny, making it action packed, was awesome. And I will say this: until you mentioned it, I had not for a second thought about The Rock and Kevin Hart, which is the best compliment I can give both of them. Yeah, like yeah. I I, mean- I I completely didn't like they were in their characters, and I I thought of them as you know, Danny Glover and Danny DeVito and <laughs> yeah, yeah. which means they did a, they did such a good job. I forgot I was watching the rock and Kevin Hart, which if you've heard me talk about those two together before is as good a thing as I can say about them. Um, and then too, I mean, uh, Denny mentioned like Jack black, he, he plays a different character in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, he's great. He's in so portraying good. both. What he, and then Karen Gillan, she's a badass. I mean, she's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, she, she kind of plays a sim, you know, similar character, but, uh, she's great. Um, she, she's funny and, and endearing and, and, you know, again, when she has to fight, she's great. So, I mean, they, they, whoever wrote this and, and, you know, has worked on the characters really knew what they were doing with, with the characters and they suited everything perfectly for the actors, for the, for the range they can go comedically and, and action wise and stuff too. So, um, this movie was cast perfectly written, mm-hmm. written really well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like you said, I'd watch a, a, a bunch of bunch more of these and with the direction they're going to be going, I think with the next one after, after you, you definitely stay for at least the, the mid credit scenes, if you're going to this one, uh, cause there, there is a little bit of a tease for the future where they're going with this now. Um, I think is going to tie into the original a little bit more mm-hmm. and, uh, that makes me very excited. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to see where they go. Yep. Yeah. This is going to be sweet. Jumanji is a recommend. If you liked the first one, you're going to dig this one. I mean, it's that simple. Um, so Jumanji, the next level, 
gets a thumbs up from both Seth and I. Um, let's see. We've got a few movies yet to work through here. Let's take a, a hard fucking grab the wheel and rip it off to the right because we're going in the opposite direction from Jumanji. Um, why don't we do... Let's do one that you saw. Um, how about Marriage Story? Yeah, very similar movie. <laughs> um, yeah, Marriage Story, Netflix Netflix, blah, 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 Netflix movie um, with uh, Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson. Um, kind of the, ma- the, main, the main people in this movie. Obviously, it's about their, their marriage. Um, but then we have uh, Ray Liotta plays a lawyer as well as Laura Dern, who plays a lawyer in, in this as well. Because it's, you know, if you haven't seen anything about the, the trailer or anything like that, it's about, uh, fo- focuses around the divorce of uh, Adam Driver and uh, Scarlett Johansson. So, um, yeah, th- this one is, I mean, that, that's the basic story. Is go, survol- uh, revolves around their divorce. Uh, they're both in the entertainment industry. He's a director of of plays and and uh he's he's going towards broadway and things like that in new york um scarlett johansson is a former movie actress who transitioned into plays and that's where they met and got married and and had a kid and all that stuff and so uh this is written and directed by noah bomback um he's known kind of for doing a lot more like real life things like very um very natural like a lot of his dialogue is very natural and like you know feels real very it's simple but done in a way that um, you know, you, you still feel a lot with it. And he, he does that extremely well here. Um, this feels like, you know, a real story from the, from the beginning with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Um, I always felt like these are real people. It, it was weird because, like, Adam Driver to me, uh, he's – I like him as an actor a lot. Like, but he's not a guy that, like, kind of disappears. He disappeared, at least in Logan Lucky, just because he's a really <laughs> weird character, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, in, you know, if you're looking at, you know, if you're looking at some of the other stuff he's done, even, like, with The Report, he does a good job in that. But, um, and, and, you know, after a bit of time, I, you know, felt like he was that character. But with this, like, right away, and then ScarJo is a great actress. I mean, she's, she's one of the best. Um, you know, people have been talking about, like, some of the best of the decade. She's up there with, with some of the with one of the best actresses of the decade. Oh yeah. Um, but with, with her, she always disappears. But I mean, right away, like they they became this married couple, um, and then subsequently, you know, a divorcing couple. And he's they suck you in right away with like they start talking about everything they love about each other. They they're in marriage counseling and they're they're or excuse me, they're they're going through the separation process and they're. Um, they're they're listing off things they love about each other, and you kind of see some of these things throughout their relationship, and then you go, th- then you immediately start going through their their separation and divorce, and why they're why they're divorcing, and you you know you, you really feel like this is a, a slice of their life, and you're going through that, and kind of in a way you're almost taking you're you're seeing each side, and like maybe taking one side or the other, and then they give you a reason for why you wouldn't take one side or the over the other, and by the end you really don't. For me, I didn't really have, like, both of these people just don't belong together, you know. But um, you also see, like, the reason that they were together in the first place and that these two people do have love for each other. And then you also throw this kid aspect in, which kids always ruin everything. But, um, <laughs> but uh, no, the, I mean, you throw the kid in there and you see, like, the the posturing between each each side of, like, <laughs> you know, the, the why the kid... Uh, basically not why the kid, but like how the kid plays into the relationship and like how, which one the kid likes more and, and how they're using the kid in terms of this, 
this divorce and and I mean it's it's a really real thing and, and I, I think people who've been through kind of that divorce stuff um, can can see a lot of real life in there and and kind of put themselves through that I mean I've my parents divorced when I was a kid a little bit weird of a situation but um, you know I've seen some of that stuff and so I I connected to some of that stuff and and it was it's a really deep and and it's a pretty heavy movie I mean there there's some there's some lighthearted moments and some funny moments and things that will make you laugh and because you know you're you're seeing enjoyment from the characters and you laugh along with them but um, then there's some really deep and heavy like Adam Driver and ScarJo have this really one particular heavy scene that I, there's been some memes made of it recently too um, but you see these moments and and it, they hit home real really hard and their performances in the movie are, are fantastic um, it's this is another movie like I think even more so than, than waves in certain aspects. Like it feels so real and, and so many places that, um, I, it, it just, it just hit me. Um, this is one by the end. I, you know, especially with some of the things they end with, um, and, and how it ends, um, that I was again, kind of with magic for humans, squirting a few tears, watch this one at home. So I didn't have to worry about people looking at me. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean th- this one really hit me too. I, this is one that a lot of people have been talking about as a, as a potential Oscar nomination and and even a winner. And I would not be shocked at all if that happened. Uh, it's it it is one of my favorites this year as well. And I can't say favorite like I loved it like a, as like this. Oh, this is an enjoyable film. Like it's mm-hmm. it's hard to get through at times, but um, the way it's done and it's kind of like I talked about Ford v Ferrari. It's it's something you've kind of seen before. I mean, in certain aspects, you haven't seen a lot of this before, but it's a simple story. But the way it's done is really well done, acted, directed, music. Um, it's almost shot like a play because it, it is based around a play. Like the, the the light, their life is based around a play. Like because they're they're both player, you know, in that world. And a lot of times it looks like a play the way it's shot in, in some aspects. And and you must almost even acted like a play. Um, but I think that fits because you know he's a director and she's you know a, an actress who works in plays. So. Um, it makes sense that they they would act like that. Um, I don't know. I, I I did really really love this movie. It's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Um, I know Jared didn't really like it. Um, I'm not surprised that that I did. <laughs> just just because it it is my type of movie. I don't know if you'll like it. Um, but I I did really really think this is this is a, a great movie. I I enjoyed it a, a quite a bit. Um, maybe give it a shot. Uh, you know, I, I, for me, I was just sucked in right away and it didn't let, let go until the end. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I loved it. And, uh, I think this is one that should get a lot of, a lot of praise here in the, in the coming months for, for the Oscars. Man. I, so yeah, you're right. This isn't like, it's not necessarily my cup of tea that it's not like a happier movie. Uh, we, everyone that listens to the show knows that, but I do love seeing two great actors go head, go toe to toe and, and, the meme that you're talking about, I believe, is a screaming match that the two of them have. And, like, that type of shit. Yes. This movie appears to promise lots of great dialogue and monologue, and I am here for that. So mm-hmm. uh, I did. I downloaded this. I was going to watch it on the plane, but I took a nap mm. instead. Um, but uh, Probably not a good plane movie. Yeah, I, I, I think, think that is, now. This, <laughs> you, this is one you want to watch at home, mm-hmm. um, I, I think. that it, it is just one of those. For me, it was one of those. And I think even just if you look at it based off performances, I think the performances just kind of suck you in. Like, I even thought about it like 10, 15 minutes in. I'm like, fuck, I'm already, like, th- these, there are these characters, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and both both these, you know, he's Kylo Ren, she's Scarlet, you know, uh, Black Widow. Like, 
they're, they're these two iconic act- actors at this point now. And for them to just dive into this, I mean, it's a smaller movie, obviously. It's, you know, it's based off, it probably didn't cost, you know, $10 to make. You could have made this on your iPhone. Um, but it's it, it's incredible that they're able just to go into these characters so quick. And I, th- I think you will enjoy it for the acting, mm-hmm. uh, especially Adam Driver. You know, uh, you're, I know you're a big fan of him because of, you know, Star Wars and everything else he's done. But this is a new side of him, I think. Um, he plays his part, like being a director of a play and stuff. He's kind of pretentious, and he's got that he's got that air about him of like this director, and he feels he needs that acclaim and stuff like that. Um, I think it's an inter- a movie be really interesting to like discuss and analyze and like debate because there is two sides to it mm. with each side, and both are shitty. Both have good, you know. Both have positives, negatives, all that stuff. Both have points to make, and and the the posturing like the it's almost like a legal drama at times too because you have both lawyers and that's really interesting so like they're because they're i've never seen this done in like movies or tv where like each side is fighting for certain things Mm -hmm. and you see like the negotiate you see the entire negotiation process of a divorce which is kind of crazy um it's interesting i i don't know i loved it i did i'm excited to watch this you got me fired up about it i'm stoked i got it on my netflix (laughs) queue and as Seth knows, but our listeners don't, I'm going to be at home like all this entire week, like just like watching movies. So this one is high up in my queue, uh, along with some others that I need to catch. Let's do Honey Boy. Okay. Um, so we went and saw this in LA. Seth had to go a second time because he wasn't feeling well the first. <laughs> um, but Honey Boy, this is uh, written by Shia LaBeouf. He did not direct it, though. Um, I, I cannot think of the name of the director. Ar- Anna. Arma. Yeah. It's like Arma, Aren't Arna, Arma de Alma, Alma de Alma, something. Something like we sound like dumbasses, <laughs> but, listen, but we're close. <laughs> listen to us stumble through words that don't make any sense. Right <laughs> um, it is kind of autobiographical, I understand, um, about Shia LaBeouf's life. So this is, um, I'm just gonna pull up here, directed by. I want to I get this right because she does a great job. Uh, Alma Harrell is, is her name. Ah, there we go. Um, and the Shia LaBeouf sort of stand-in, they don't call him Shia LaBeouf. Um, the character in the name is, or sorry, the name of the character in the movie is Otis. And he's played by this kid, Noah Jupe, who is incredible in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's then, in uh, Ford v. Ferrari as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he is awesome. We'll come back to him. And then Lucas Hedges plays the same character, but 10 years older. And he's awesome also. And this is the story of Otis and his dad, who kind of is his caretaker slash manager, and their relationship while Otis is trying to work. And his dad kind of has some issues with some addictions and some, you know, he just had a tougher life. And so he has trouble interacting with with Otis and with everyone else um so it's interesting it's kind of a autobiographical kind of a feels like an homage or a love letter or a tribute to his dad which makes it really interesting um and it just is so good (laughs) um the acting in this movie is incredible for one thing Shia LaBeouf plays the dad uh, which is interesting, and him going going up with uh, with Noah Jupe. Those are some of my favorite scenes of the movie. Um, the there's a there's a visual aspect to this movie that's a little bit kind of dreamlike, but without being over the top with 
you know, effects and, and stuff like that. It, it felt like a weird, like, music video slash uh, daydream type of aesthetic, uh, but with just incredible fucking acting. And it was really well written, and it felt really personal, and I was sucked all the way into this. This is one of my top movies of the year for sure. Um, and I was, I, I've been talking on this podcast, how stoked I've been to watch this for the last few months based just on the trailer and it did not disappoint. I was, I, I loved it. I really did. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think you're a little bit higher on it than I was. Um, but I did, I mean, like you said, performances are great. Noah Jupe is, is great as, uh, as honey boy. I don't it, What's his name? Uh, Otis. Otis. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's great. Uh, he doesn't get a ton of in, in, uh, Ford Ford Ferrari, he doesn't get a ton of screen time, um, but he's he does get. I mean, th- this is primarily his movie uh, for for the majority of this. So uh, he he's great. He he is really really great. He has a ton of range in this. And then again, uh, you mentioned Shia LaBeouf as as his father. Um, he is he's fantastic. I mean, the the, the movie surra- it revolves around them, uh, their relationship. Um, yeah, it's it's uh it, it's a deep movie. Um, it's got it, it's I mean it's got funny moments in it too. Uh, it's got some humor. Um, it's got some pretty rough rough points, especially around their relationship. Um, you know, it's it's uh again not the happiest movie in the world, but it's got it's it's got it's got it's kind of got some moments like a almost like therapeutic. It definitely feels therapeutic. Even obviously it was therapeutic for Shia LaBeouf, but even if you're watching it, you can kind of feel that too. Mm-hmm. So. Um, music's great. Shot, there's some really interesting shots. Um, you mentioned Lucas Hedges too. Uh, he was in Waves. I forgot to forgot to mention that he he's 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 in Waves a pretty decent amount. He's actually in Waves more than he's in in uh, Honey Boy. Oh, shit. Um, but he but he uh, he's kind of his role in Honey Boy is a little or in Waves is a little bit less than than probably Honey Boy just in terms of uh, overall like Im, like the impact of it. Um, but he's great in, in waves too. But uh, Lucas Hedges is, is one of those actors too that I think this is kind of going to be his thing. I think doing these a little bit smaller movies this time of year, you're going to see like a lot of Lucas Hedges in like October through like January of of just doing like these deep art house slash Oscar bait type roles because that's what he's great at. You know, he he's great at uh, per, you know uh, of uh, portraying emotion and and uh, going deep places. So he's a great actor. Um, yeah, overall, I mean, great movie. Um, doesn't quite crack my top 10, but, um, I do, do really, it's, it's really hard. Like looking at my list, uh, this it's getting year, hard, man. there's, there's so many things that like, I, it could be in the top 10 that it, whether it's an art house type movie or a Oscar type movie, or just a fun movie that I really liked. I mean, I praised like heredity or not all year, but it's not my top 10 anymore. And I love that movie, <laughs> but, um, you know, there, there's just so many things. So yeah, honey boy's great. Definitely check it out if you can. Um, I know I had a really short run here uh, in, in Iowa, uh, which is unfortunate because I don't think a lot of people went to go see it. But um, if you have any sort of fandom of Shia LaBeouf or any like maybe even skepticism of Shia LaBeouf, I think this is one to go check out because it's not exactly his life, but it's it's very close from what I understand. And, and uh, it, it, it's uh, it's one that makes you think kind of like, you know, why, why is he the way he is or way, the way he was? It kind of explains that and, and gives you... A, a deep in a deeper insight into his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's, uh, I mean, everything about this is fantastic to me. But it also, it provides a really realistic and interesting look at therapy. Um, the mm-hmm. Lucas Hedges, the older version of the character, is is in rehab slash therapy, and mm-hmm. it's really interesting to see him kind of work through that. And it's it's honest and realistic. 
Um, and it was just uh, everything about this movie. Uh, it felt really honest. It felt like, you know, you could write your own autobiography or a portion of it and, you know, dramatize things or make yourself look better. And this feel, this feels all the way through just like, this is how the shit went down. And, yeah. uh, whether or not that's true, I don't know, but it felt that way. And it was, it was really cool. I had such a good time at this. Um, that said, it's not like a great feel good movie or anything that goes to some tough emotional places, but I'm going to watch this again as soon as I can. Okay. So that's honey boy. We got two movies left. Uh, let's go to one. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on. I did not make it to this movie, but hoped I would. And a year ago, uh, Clint Eastwood's the mule came out and <laughs> I, you panned that movie as hard as I've ever heard you pan a movie. And so mm-hmm. now Eastwood is back with Richard Jewell and I got to know what you think of this one. Penis gem. <laughs> um, Richard Jewell, Rich Jew, as I like to call him. Um, <laughs> he, uh, so th- this is based off a true story um, from the 96 uh, Atlanta bombings during the uh, Olympics. Um, I, I didn't really know a ton about this. I don't didn't really remember it as a kid. Uh, so I didn't really know the story other than I knew that there's bombings that happened, but Richard Jewell played by Paul Walter Hauser. I think his name is, mm-hmm. um, he, uh, he's been on some other thing. He's in like black Klansman and, and, uh, he was in one other thing. That's kind of, he had a little, uh, I Tanya. He was in I Tanya. Did you see I Tanya? No, I still haven't. Okay. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at, I've had a couple things that I can add on there. Um, okay. So I Tanya, he was in that as well. Played a good, he was, he kind of plays in both movies a little bit of a dumber guy, but um, he he's not dumb as Richard Jewell. He's more, uh, I mean, he's he's just seems like because he, he lives with his mom. He's not like the most. He's 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 kind of he's not the most socially inept. He's not socially like he's he does. He's not up with like. I guess actually I don't know because he does understand what people are saying about him. He just doesn't. He doesn't like. If someone's talking shit to him or is making fun of him, he doesn't really, um, like, talk back at them. He just lets it go. Mm-hmm. So he's, I don't know, he, he's an interesting guy. The way the way he plays, the way that Paul Walter Hauser plays him is really interesting. Um, there's a point in the movie, actually, where they show a real interview with, with the guy, and it is almost indistinguishable. It's really weird. Ooh. The way that, the way that he, and they look pretty similar, but his, the way, his speech pattern and his accent is absolutely perfect to the real guy it's it is creepy almost um so he he does an amazing job um but he so he he's a security guard who is there during the night uh, of the bombing he's a former police officer and he's trying to get back into that but he's uh he he's had certain things happen to him you see that he's kind of an intense guy when it comes to uh the law he takes things very seriously and almost too seriously to an extent and that's why he's not a, a you know a cop anymore but he is working the security gig and he sees a package that looks suspicious and it's not a penis it's a it's a backpack and uh looks suspicious and he you know calls it out and obviously it turns out to be a bomb and so uh when this happens uh he's labeled as a hero and then through a series of events he is labeled as the person who did it and so he's blamed for the bombs and that's the, the the majority of the the movie is that um, the the FBI agent who kind of starts the accusing is John Hamm, plays this really dickheadish uh, uh, FBI agent, 
Uh, and then Olivia Wilde plays the reporter who kind of leaks the story and everything like that. And she's very, um, very uh, kind of what you'd see. And th- this is one issue that I think a lot of people have had with the movie. It kind of came out this last week is that she, you know, it does the stereotypical thing you've seen from movies probably in the 70s and 80s of, you know, kind of sleeping her way to get things and, mm. and that type of thing. So that that's kind of one thing people have had problems with in the movie. And I don't know if it's entirely accurate that she did those things. I think Olivia Wilde came out and said that she was known to do some kind of shady things to, to get her way. Um, I don't know if necessarily sleeping with someone is what she did. Um, I got some but stuff. They, they, I got some information I can share if that's if she's still doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she'll be right on that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, the story revolves around that and, and, and him being accused for this and trying to clear his name and, and you know, the, the role the media plays within it and the, the role that the government plays within it. Um, definitely some statements Clint Eastwood's making uh, with, with this movie. I mean, it's pretty heavy-handed. Um, you know, we're, we're his side of the... Uh, the uh, the political spectrum he lies on, but no uh, no specific. I, I texted you no no racial slurs. That was refreshing. <laughs> um, definitely no like he doesn't seem he's angry at the world and 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 the way that you know I guess he should be in this case. Like in this case, totally agree with what he's saying with like you know the the with how this guy was portrayed in the media and things like that. But at the same time, like. He's also making other statements about the media and, and, and law enforcement because of where his political views lie. Just a few few things here and there, but nothing egregious, nothing that takes me out of the movie entirely um, like the mule kind of did. Um, I thought this was really well done. I, I you know The performances all around are really good. Uh, the, the story itself is really intriguing and, and um, will keep you, especially if you don't know the entire story, uh, will keep you uh, into it the entire time. You, you know, it's, it's a really interesting story, so... Um, one I would say definitely to check out. Uh, it's I don't think a lot of people saw it. It didn't make a lot of money, and, and again it had that controversy around it. Um, I don't think any of that's enough to be like this movie's terrible. Um, I think this is this is one I think is gonna probably get overlooked for awards. But like Paul Walter Hauser, I think would would definitely deserve some sort of nomination. I forgot to even mention, um, but I, I Sam Rockwell he is awesome. He plays the attorney uh, for for uh, Richard Jewell in this. Um, they they have like this this friendship they kind of build on in the beginning of the movie, and that their friendship and specifically Sam Rockwell as this lawyer is why I I really it took me from liking this movie to really really uh, enjoying it a lot. To it it uh, he, he, Sam Rockwell is he's he is that dude's one got of, the I think stuff, man. He yeah he, he I think he's I think he's underappreciated. I know he's been nominated for stuff and all that, but he's very underappreciated for what he does. Um, he, and I think he's been nominated the last two years for best supporting. I would love for him to get another one this year for this movie. Um, I think their relationship is what makes this movie work more than anything else because he, he's fighting for, for Richard Jewell the entire time. Um, and he's making all kinds of points and he's, he's really trying super hard for this guy when otherwise he's a type of person who doesn't care. Like he, he doesn't wear suits to his law firm. Like he's, he works out of this crappy place kind of, um, he wears like flip flops and, and shorts and, and, a and like a polo to work. And, um, he's kind of got like a sarcastic attitude to him and like his clerk, um, that, that works for him. And, um, you know, the, their relationship kind of builds off of like some joking with each other. So, um, perfect role for Sam Rockwell to play, and he does it awesome. Um, I yeah, I think both of those two would deserve some sort of nomination. So 
I did enjoy this one. This is one to definitely check out when you get a chance. Um, nothing that reinvents, nothing re- reinvents the wheel here. It's, it's, you know, it, it's what you'd expect out of this type of story, but it's done really well. And there's some things to really, really like about it. Other than the few political statements that I think are made, that are a little bit heavy handed. Overall, I did really like this one a lot. I dig it. I'm, I'm really interested in this story. I think it's really intriguing. Uh, so I'm going to go try and catch this one. Um, and really stoked for some of the performances as well. I, I looked up a picture while you were talking, and dude, he does look exactly like the fucking guy. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, the way he talks, the way he talks is even more like perfect. It's it's exactly like it. Man, I love it. That shit's crazy. Um, and I think it's a perfect segue into our last one because um, you said a lot of the same things about Richard Jewell that that we'll say um, about Dark Waters. Uh, Dark Waters is is. It's about a true story, another true story that I don't think a lot of people know about, about um, essentially some whistleblowing that happened about the DuPont company um, poisoning some water. And Mark Ruffalo stars as the lawyer who kind of uncovers the whole thing. And it's it's similar to what you just described Richard Jewell as, is I think the star of this movie is actually just the story. Um, mm-hmm. And... It's really interesting and frustrating and um, fascinating to watch it play out. Um, you know, Ruffalo has kind of the star power of this movie, but it really doesn't lean on the acting a ton. You know, uh, Ruffalo is great in his role. He does what he's asked, but but it's not the acting for me that carries this movie. It's the plot and the way that they unravel things, the way that they reveal to you the information you need. Um, it feels very true. Um, I, I'd be interested to read... Uh, you know, how, you know, what liberties they took creatively um, versus how things actually happened. But they seemingly stick very close to the actual events that went on. Um, It it was shot incredibly well. Um, It was paced really well. I thought the score helped a lot. It was really good. Because there's times when, like, you're reading something and you're supposed to realize something. And they'll they'll hit you with, like, a bass tone um, to, Mm -hmm. to help you realize that, oh, shit, something, you know, is going on. Um, and it's just another one of those movies that's like investigative, you know, like your spotlight or all the president's men or the post or Richard Jewell, kind of that conspiracy investigation type movie is something I'm realizing is totally in my wheelhouse and I love, and this does that perfectly, you know, the way, the way it reveals things. The, the worst part about this movie is that it will piss you off so much. (laughs) <laughs> um, it's so upsetting, but it's it's real, and they tell you it. It feels like a documentary, even though it's dramatic. It's very cool, and I mm-hmm. thought super well done. Um, I don't think, again, I think the story is the main highlight. I don't, nothing else really jumped out to me as being particularly great, but the story, the plot, and how they, you know, how they unravel the thing over a couple hours was super fascinating to me. I was riveted the whole time. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, the, this the it. it from the beginning, it it has it, it hooks you in kind of with with uh, it 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 plays like it it unravels itself like a mystery, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, because like the right away the opening shot is like you just don't you know you, you see them kind of spraying some stuff in the water and then it just goes from there and you uh, he, Mark Ruffalo covers all this stuff and he's obsessed with it and then they this plays out over you know decade uh, it seems I think it's over a decade mm-hmm. so. Um, you just get more and more in the, like the way they unravel it, it, the way they unravel it with the years. And then like, uh, it, it, like you said, it's like a documentary, like the way they, they label things with the years and like, say this, this is where this is happening and blah, blah, blah. And it feels like a documentary. 
Um, Mark Ruffalo is great, though. I mean, he the, his performance I thought was really good. Um, the the obsession that he has with this, like it takes over his life. Mm-hmm. You see that throughout the movie as as it goes through. You see how he ages with it. Um, you know how how it how it kind of overtakes not only his life but then his family and and how it impacts him. His wife is played by Anne Hathaway. How that impacts her. Um, she does a lot with a little screen time in this. I, I will yeah. say that about Anne Hathaway. She's not there for much, but she's effective when she is, which is an interesting role to see Anne Hathaway in, um, not mm-hmm. center of attention, but I liked her in this. Yeah, she. I thought she was really good. Um, she kind of annoyed me at first, but as the movie went on, I did like her more. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's. Uh, I mean, along with, with uh, you know, the, their story, I mean, you get the story of the residents in, in is it West Virginia or Virginia? Uh, Park, Parkersburg, West Virginia. West Virginia, West Virginia. Yeah. So you you get you you see you, you check in with the lives of of certain residents in that town throughout the movie too. You see how it impacts them. Um, this this story with Dupont and like how the how Dupont is is basically kind of ingrained with the culture in, in that that city. It employs almost everyone there. I think they said like seventy five percent of the people or something like that. Um, and so talking bad against them uh, can can impact how. Uh, how how you're treated in the town and and so they show that and and it's it's a really interesting story um it, it's like i said it's one that's going to make you not feel good uh after you see it just because of how um you know they, with with i'm assuming that the majority of this is true um you know how how everyone not just in that town but everyone is kind of not given all of the information and and like you said you said offside like outside of the podcast and stuff like you you don't you don't really know even though we're told things you don't really know how much of it is true you know you're told certain things are safe and you don't really know if it is or not mm-hmm. <laughs> even though you say it's been tested and um, there's certain things like regulations well are those regulations actually um, good for us or are they just made up numbers you know um, it, it's pretty crazy uh, I think it does it does actually kind of uh, you know have some more hopeful moments I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at times it doesn't like leave you entirely depressed or anything so um, but it leaves you with a lot to think about and uh, so you know the, it's not entirely like too you know sad but it, it's definitely concerning and, and uh, definitely scary at times so but it's a, it's it's a really good movie. It's really well done. Really interesting story. Really good performances. Um, it's it's a definitely a movie to check out. I think. Yeah, and you you mentioned it. It kind of seems like one of those movies everyone should see because mm-hmm. you know you could write a documentary or you could make a documentary about the same thing and it wouldn't be nearly as entertaining. Um, but this feels like something that they're going to show in high schools at some point. Um, because what it talks about is important. And a lot of these, like you can watch all the president's men about Watergate and you're like, oh, you know, there, there was a conspiracy and it was 50 years ago. But this shit in this movie happened yesterday. And like during, uh, during our adult lives and it's still going on. And it's really fascinating and it affects everybody, like you said. So it's not the kind of thing where you can push it away. Like it, it, it mm-hmm. means something to everyone. And it's really interesting to hear that story told. And it, more than anything, it makes me wonder how many other stories like it we don't hear until a movie is made. So th- this seemed like, you know, it seemed like the, a movie that had a good purpose other than just entertainment. It was to inform. And they did it super, super well. I, as much as the movie pissed me off, I loved it. It was, it was another one of my, 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 my top of the year 
is getting so crowded based on shit I've just seen in the last month. And this is one of the reasons why it was, I remember leaving it and being like, you guys got to go fucking see this. (laughs) Oh man. So we had six recommendations and one fart box, um, in this, uh, <laughs> in this slot of reviews. So Honey Boy, Jumanji, Richard Jewell, Dark Waters, Waves, and The Marriage Story. Sorry, just Marriage Story. Um, all get recommendations. <laughs> Black Christmas gets an avoid this like the fucking plague. Um, so don't go watch it. But man, we were busy. Busy this week uh, for a whole shitload of reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. <laughs> I hated it. All right, we got to get the hell out of here. We've already been pretty long today, but uh, before we go, as always, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. I am just going to say, go see Star Wars. Um, even if you're not a huge, huge Star Wars fan, like you'll remember people um, talking about the theater experiences that they had going to Avengers Endgame, and like having big packed theaters and people cheering and and how meaningful it is to some people and some people are crying in the theater and this is the star wars equivalent of that it's the last movie of star wars you know not literally but of you know the main story that everyone loves and you know even even for folks who maybe aren't as attached to star wars as like i am i think it's a meaningful like film event and i think everyone should try to go to a showing this weekend in a full theater and see what the fuss is all about and um, even if you haven't seen all the movies, you can watch a YouTube video where it explains everything. But I, I mean, highly, I would recommend going back to watch all the movies, but don't be a hipster. I, I think go see this in the theater and you'll be glad that you did. I, for one, am very excited. This is, I've been a fan of Star Wars for over 20 years. So to see it kind of come to fruition here is, is pretty exciting. It feels like a monumental, like important film event. And I know that sounds stupid to say about a movie filled with space lasers, but, um, I think that people who go to see Star Wars, even if the movie sucks, like just to be a part of an event like that is very cool. And we've had the fortune to be a part of several of them in our lifetimes with Harry Potter and with uh, Avengers and with this. And um, it, it's always fun. So I would just suggest people go see it on a big screen and a loud one and enjoy being a part of the whole community of it all. I think I think that's that's what's as as much as anything else. That's what's fun about Star Wars for sure. Eh, I'll probably wait till next week. <laughs> No, I, I agree. I think it'll be a fun, fun. Uh, you know, anytime you have a packed theater like that, um, can can be fun unless you have some annoying people around you. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, if you were there, I probably wouldn't enjoy it as much. But uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I, it'll be fun. Um, so you know, I, I have a recurring theme for my for my one more thing, so whether it's you know <laughs> hot ones. Um, but uh, I, I will not be speaking about hot ones. They're on a season break right now. Uh, they'll be coming back soon. <laughs> what I will be talking about. <laughs> is uh is uh you know i mentioned i think the last show we had the amazon prime had britney runs a marathon on it um they have another movie that i really enjoyed this year uh on on it still i think in my top 10 at the moment uh the souvenir is on the uh, is on the amazon prime oh, shit. um so uh check that out uh it's a good movie uh very independent very british uh but uh, i enjoyed it quite a bit has tilda swinton and tilda swinton's daughter on it um very, if you're into uh, movies or the movie making process or um, writing and that type of stuff, uh, I think this is one you'll you'll enjoy. So, um, not everyone's cup of tea, as I mentioned with the review back when. But uh, you know, if you're into any of those things, you have a, a much easier path to see it now. So, the souvenir on Amazon Prime. There you have it, the souvenir. 
Go check it out on Amazon Prime after you're done watching Star Wars this weekend. That's one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right, folks. That's the end of a jam-fucking-packed episode of the SoCo Show. I think it was 124. Packed full of jam. It's packed full of jam, just like my favorite sandwiches. Don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you're listening. Make sure you get new episodes of this show every Thursday and of the sports show every Friday, which is really heating up as the NFL playoffs approach. Uh, so you're going to want to check that out if you are a football fan. Um, don't forget to check out all of our sponsors. You can link to all of them in the description box, including but not limited to Anchor. Uh, if you head over to our Anchor page, you can become a contributor. want to shout out our current contributors, Mike V, Jared B, and Fuck You for uh, helping out the podcast. If you want to become a contributor, head over to Anchor. If you can't or don't want to become a contributor, that's fine too. Just keep clicking on our episodes and sharing them with friends. That helps out the show as well. So we appreciate you guys listening. We are back on our normal schedule, uh, so you can expect another episode in seven days as well. But until then, he is the so-host, Seth Ott. I'm the co-host, Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye.